0: Welcome to the 159th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we will be talking about it today. We are recording on December 29th, 2019. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of this year's show. With me is co-host and the man who invented leg warmers, Carlos Rodella. Whoa, I didn't know you knew that. I didn't know until I found it on Etsy, and then I saw your shop.
1: Yeah, I got, you know, um, profits are up this year, for sure, uh, being the holiday season. And I tell you what, people love their leg warmers, and it's kind of like a Snuggie for your legs. I mean, that was brilliant. I wish I had thought of it. Yeah, well, I did, and I'm rich, so... (laughs) 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 Love it, love it.
0: All right, folks, we're not going to spend too much time goofing around because this is a special episode, as I'm sure you already know if you took a look at the show notes uh it's the game of the year show 2019 is almost over so it is the so video games g-o-t-y episode uh this year carlos and i will be reading off our personal top tens we will be reading uh top threes from listeners i'm sure we will have plenty of discussion and more than a few tangents on the way this is so video games after all uh before we get into it just a heads up we're also uh at the end of a decade an end of an entire decade it's going to be 2020 in just a couple of days which means it is the perfect time because it would be weird if you were looking back at a decade and it was only like five years through that wouldn't make any sense at all uh this is the perfect time to look back on the last 10 years Um, we're not going to do that today and i'm not exactly sure what we're going to be doing to you know cover that but it's something special i think we're going to do something Uh, And I think that you can look forward to an episode covering the last decade very soon. Either next episode or the one after, depending on how scheduling goes. Uh, How's that sound to you, Carlos?
1: Yeah, we gotta do that. I mean, that is epic. Um, We're in an epic moment in time for gaming. Ten years of gaming. But it's gonna take a while to compile that list. I've actually worked a little bit on it, so... Yeah, I don't know. Some point soon. Have you ever done
0: a look back at a decade before? I'm not sure that I have.
1: No, because... Yeah, no. That would be like 1990. Th- no, I never have. No. I
0: mean, I'm old enough to have done it at least a couple times, but I, I guess
1: I just never crossed my mind before. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could have done it many times. <laughs> many, many times. All right.
0: All right. Well, we'll get to that soon. That's not going to be going down today. Today is the top 10 of 2019, talking only about 2019. Uh, so, folks, just to be clear, we're not voting on just... We're not going to pick like one so video games winner of 2019 like we're not we're not voting on anything it's not a competition it's just carlos and i two dudes who like games picking our own personal top 10 discussing each one and just you know just just enjoying the games we played and and hopefully people listening will will hear something they didn't know about and play that
1: yeah Um, and because i think our list might be different than other people's list at least i know mine is i strongly suspect our list will be very different not only from each other but from basically every other list out there. So yeah. uh,
0: so just to be clear, Carlos, I don't know what you've picked, you don't know what I've picked. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, we don't know each other's lists, but I wanted to ask you, I put mine in order. Did you put yours in order? Like is in like one is the best? Yes.
0: I put mine in descending order, starting at ten, going to oh, one, good, good. and ten is definitely and they're all great. These are all winners uh but 10 will be like you know my lowest pick and number one will be what i thought was the best game of 2019 is that that's what you did
1: perfect
0: perfect and we're gonna start at
1: 10 right let's start at 10 i'm so excited let's just get this let's started
0: let's get started with no further ado the main event carlos uh let's start with you sir uh jumping right into it what was your number 10 of 2019
1: this game i'm still playing uh continually every day i don't know when it's ever going to end and i kind of don't care i don't want it to end it's called what the Golf.
0: Oh, what the golf? Yes. I've had my eye on this one for quite a while. Okay, tell us a little bit about it, sir.
1: I got it on the Epic Games Store. Uh, it was my exploration into that store and seeing some new games on there. And I remember hearing somebody talk about how wild and weird it was. And I don't want to spoil it. I'm not even going to say much about it. It's it has a golf mechanic-ish, where you kind of hold down power and then let go and see how far you hit a thing. But lots of times, the course doesn't have a ball or... It has many balls or it has other things that you have to hit. And it really just freaks you out when you finally see the mechanic in action. It's so weird and so inventive and has comedy and jokes all in it. And it's just twisted and weird and funny and simple. And you want to keep playing it cause it still has that golf mechanic, but it just, you don't know what to expect each new course. And you're playing it on PC, correct? Yeah. PC on Epic game store with a controller. Uh, Oh no, no, you don't even need the controller. It's just a yeah, point and click thing. And it is like, you're basically a little golf ball that goes around a whole course. Uh, it seems like kind of a warehouse of a way, like a, a huge building and you're just opening up new areas. And as you open up new areas, you have different courses, but that's all I'll say. Cause they're just different things that you have to do with a golf ball or maybe not, but with a golf mechanic. Fair
0: enough, fair enough. We don't need to spoil anything. But I think if people um, see the trailer, there's a couple trailers out there. I think they'll get a pretty good taste for what it is. I'm pretty sure this one is either already on Switch or it's coming to Switch. And it's on my list. So this is something I definitely wanted to get to. And you picking it as number 10 has just reinforced that. So I'm nice. going to try to get to that. Right, yeah, it's we'll, super it.
1: addictive, too. That's the other reason it's number is on this list, because it's super addictive. you just like an hour is gone. And you're like, OK, I probably should stop this.
0: Well, one more quick question before I move on. So like you say, you play it every day. Like how much content is there? Are you replaying it? Is it like randomly generated or like what? How?
1: No, you it's just got... a lot of different courses. There's a I guess, ton of courses. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, you don't do it every single day, but like I play it quite a bit and I'm still surprised and something happened the other day that I wish I could tell you that was I've never seen in a video game, but I can't tell you because I want not to, surpri- to ruin the surprise.
0: All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'm definitely going to play this one. It sounds like people out there should play this one, too. That was Carlos's number 10, What the Golf. Uh, My number 10, Mechstermination Force. Have you heard of this one, Carlos? What? Mech, as in M-E-C-H, like a robot. Mechstermination Force on the Switch. Have no idea. Oh, man. This one came out pretty early in the year, and I believe it is a Switch exclusive. You play a soldier. It's kind of like a Contra style game. If anybody's familiar with Contra, I know that you and I are old enough to remember that, but maybe not everybody. Um, you play as a tiny little guy and you, it's just like a boss rush game. So it's just boss after boss after boss. And each boss is a giant robot. And so they start out being really big, like maybe five stories tall and you're just like a person, but they get like as big, I mean like 30, 40 stories tall. And sometimes you're running around dodging their giant robot feet and kind of shooting them. Sometimes you're climbing on them. You do a lot of climbing, you know, climb up their legs, climb up their chest, get up to their face and shoot them in the eyeball. Sometimes you got to blow a hole in them and climb inside their guts and blow them up from the inside. Sometimes you're like falling. Sometimes you're in a vehicle. I mean, there's, it's just, every boss has a new twist and a new gimmick, but it's always like a little teeny, teeny, tiny guy versus a giant robot. And it's just fucking fun to play. Like, I love it. Um, The ideas were great. The graphics are great. Most of the bosses go through some kind of a multi-stage, transformation or they change up their attacks halfway through or something like it's really fresh and it's really action-packed and exciting and the best thing is it doesn't it doesn't keep going after it runs out of ideas it doesn't overstay its welcome by the time that you have beaten the last boss this developer has gone through i don't know 12 or 15 different like really solid ideas none of them are dumb and you know it doesn't keep going it doesn't repeat it doesn't it doesn't get stale next termination force on switch I thought was
1: awesome Wow and I, I love that like because we talk about this a lot like when um, yeah games go on too long or they uh, they just kind of get boring in some places and this is like I love those short experiences that are great the whole way through
0: yeah man I've always said I've always said a game should end when it runs out of ideas now whether that's four hours whether that's 40 hours or whether that's 400 hours I don't care. As long as it's got something to say. But the second it runs out of ideas and starts repeating itself, fucking roll credits and get the fuck out. Because I don't want to keep doing that. And
1: this game did. So it is your number 10.
0: Mech's Termination Force is great. Moving on to your number nine, Carlos. What's number nine?
1: It's a perfect segue. Uh, We didn't even plan it. But there's another game uh, that I have that is also a short experience that doesn't overstay their welcome. And I think I just said doesn't, which I you, meant to say doesn't.
0: You did, but it sounded kind of street, so I guess it was cool.
1: Yo, it doesn't even... <laughs> oh, let's back off of that one. <laughs> what? I'm just talking like my normal language.
0: <laughs> okay, sure. And I'm just okay. saying
1: doesn't, the word I made up just All now. All right. I know. That's, that's um cool. So, yeah, this uh, he says it's pretty cool. Um, there's um, a game called Erica, and that's my number nine. Do you know what Erica is?
0: I, I feel like I... I feel like I do. I think I even finished this, but tell me about it. I sure feel I'm like you right would one. hate it for some reason. Maybe, but maybe, Yeah,
1: it's a full motion video a game. So it's a choose-your-an-adventure game with actors. So it's essentially, there's no computer graphics. It's just a movie that you pick different choices throughout the thing, experience, and uh, then you get to see how it plays out. And there are quite a bunch of different endings. And I really, really liked my ending. But like back to what you just said about the last game, this is a kind of a thriller of a story, kind of a weird, uh, almost unsettling at times thriller uh, and you play as this girl who basically is trying to prove that she's sane and she's not like a lot of other people at this kind of I don't want to say insane asylum but some sort of place where there's a lot of people who have different thoughts. I don't really want to spoil this one either, but she they basically you play as a main character and she, Erica. And she is trying to figure something out, and you're trying to help her figure it out. And you also are trying to make sure that she's really seeing what she's seeing. So like there's a lot of things you have to decide, is this real or is this not real? What's going on? And up to the last second of the of the movie slash game, you're still like unsure of things. Cause you swear that this is the you know position you were taking and this is who did the wrong things or whatever. And this is how you think these characters are. But at the end, you're like, I don't know. Did I make the right decision? And I think it's very good at doing something like the multiple endings really could all feel correct. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. And that you mentioned this, I've actually played this. I did play this and I did finish it. I played with my wife. We played it together uh, until Dawn style, the both of us on a couch watching it like, you know, as if we were watching a TV show. And then we would talk about, what choices we should do so yeah i did play this one i thought it was fun um and it was good for that kind of like um spouse co-op or buddy co-op time on the couch yeah i thought it was a good time
1: yeah and i put it on the list because um my list is also just like a lot of things that shocked me because i don't want to just obviously be like oh yeah another call of duty i like because it was like nine out of ten or something i I generally look for (laughs) game of the year is my games that like Yeah, surprise me as well as entertain me. And so What the Golf surprised me. And Erica did, too. I had no expectations. I was like, what, interactive movie? And then I was like, all of a sudden invested in the characters. And I really liked my ending, which we can't talk about. Maybe some other episode we'll talk about the endings. But my ending was so cool. And I felt like I picked the weird ending. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I wonder how many people got this. And they don't tell you, which that would actually be pretty cool, but they didn't tell me. Um, Yeah, Erica, number nine, because it's weird, and I I was really shocked. That one did not make my top ten, but I did enjoy playing that one, and I do think it's worth it. It's
0: actually really cheap on PSN, I believe. We played it on PlayStation. I think last time I saw it, it was probably like five bucks or something. Just on a quick tangent, did you ever play um, Late Shift?
1: It sounds familiar. Remind it's me.
0: A, it's another FMV game where you play a guy who works in a parking garage. Oh, and I did. Doing yep. your job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they had, had some more graphics in, in
1: it, though, didn't it? It kind of like froze the screen and did stuff like that.
0: Yeah, possible. I haven't played it in a while. But that's another good FMV one. FMV is kind of having this like little mini renaissance where there's actually some pretty decent FMV games these days, which I never thought would be. A sentence i would ever say but. which
1: which by the way before we leave that um everybody listening if you like fmv or choose your adventure play bandersnatch it's on netflix band
0: oh I haven't, oh, god i forgot about that i gotta play that I dude gotta play that it's one. so so I, I just, good oh no, i heard it was good i just straight up forgot about it but that one and the one that really got me into it was the bunker did you play the bunker
1: i i, pl- I think i played all these games but i can't remember that one i never oh, relate late shift i love the bunker
0: i mentioned it a million times it's about a guy who lives in a fallout shelter and he's like the only survivor Oh, it was a super good one. I love that one. I think I did play that one, too. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. Probably, we probably, between the two of us, we've hit literally every FMB game that come out in the last five years, probably. So. There
1: you go, people. There we go.
0: All right, moving on. My number nine, A Plague Tale
1: Innocence. Ooh. I wanted to play this on a not so I'm interested to see why you loved it.
0: Well, oh, see, so you, you played What the Golf? I haven't. I've played Plague Tale. You haven't. This is going to be a good list for both of us here. Uh, I love A Plague Tale Innocence. It is a perfect, like... B tier, sort of a not a big budget game, but it's not an exactly an indie game. And we used to get a lot of these all the time. Uh, we don't get so many anymore, but it's perfectly right in the middle. And I think that's a good place for uh, for it to be. It's a medieval story about a brother and a sister who, well, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but they have some troubles at the beginning of the game. They're on their own and they're going to try to like find their mom and try to find a safe place to be. Uh, at the same time, the countryside is filthy with rats. There's so many fucking rats all over the place. And this game pioneered rat swarm technology, which sounds like a funny thing to say, but when you see it moving in practice, it's kind of crazy uh to see a jillion fucking rats on screen. It's really impressive the first time
1: you see it. So infected rats.
0: Yeah, they're infected with the plague and there's all sorts of other stuff and it's half of a puzzle game, the kind of like environmental puzzles like, "Oh, I need to get up to this roof, but" How can i climb up there i got to find some object that lets me climb up to the roof or something like that environmental puzzles and half it is stealth because you're just two kids you're like a little boy and a little girl the girl is a little bit older and your brother is basically helpless so you're kind of like bringing him with you all the time and you often have to get through like a village where guards are posted or there's like you know a guardhouse you got to get through or there's a section of, of enemies or something and so you're doing like some light stealth it's not crazy stealth we're not talking like metal gear solid put on your your octopus camo and crawl on the ground i mean we're talking about just like hide behind a box that's bigger than you kind of stealth but i thought it was a really good balance of gameplay and uh puzzling and the thing that really put it over the top though was like it's a great looking game but more than that the story really gives a shit about itself like they really worked hard on the story and the characters i thought were great the brother and the sister their dynamic was wonderful you meet a cast of other characters i thought they were all very very good And by the end of the game, I really did care about what happened um, to everybody. I think this was just a wonderful game. It seemed like it kind of got forgotten after it made a pretty strong start. But I want to remind people that this game is out there and this game is wonderful. I would love to see a lot more like B tier, like, you know, quote unquote, double A games like this, because I think that's a real good place for a game to be where you're not risking the lives of everybody in your studio by trying to go big budget and it's also not a teeny teeny tiny little indie nothing wrong with those but i enjoy you know a little bit more variety the b tier is a great place to be so i love number nine a plague tale innocence
1: yeah i love the b tier i live in the b tier and um (laughs) i think a lot of people have put this game on their lists so um I, i saw it start popping up my big question to you is and the only reason i didn't start it right away was because you have to hold the kid's hand all the time um, for part of the game yeah he's a very
0: fearful kid and so you have to bring him with you but I got to be honest like it was never a drag I know that escort missions are always like oh those are always the worst missions of every game and I agree with that too like I'm not a fan but this is one of the very few games where like it just wasn't a big deal like you know the kid does what you want him to do come here or stay there and bringing him with you by holding his hand is not a big deal and it also factors into the story too like they play up a lot about how they have a relationship and it's just, it just makes sense. Like, it wasn't a problem. It was never all right. a problem.
1: All right. yeah. yeah, that's the only thing that stopped me from playing in the beginning, because I just I don't like the idea of having to be attached to another character for some reason. But um, there's so many good things, in what you said, I will check it out.
0: Check it out for sure. It's not a problem. So that was number nine in Plague Tale Innocence. Carlos, what is your number eight?
1: Oh, my goodness. We have so many games to get through <laughs> looking at all these games. Okay, so number eight. Um, maybe I'll go quick on this one. This one's easy. to. It's just Wolfenstein Youngblood. Oh wow, that's a surprise. Yeah, I, it, maybe it didn't make a lot of people's list. Um, I know there's a lot of problems with it. I put down a couple notes. Like, obviously, I didn't like uh, playing co-op with myself because basically you play as two girls, and you have to control one of them, and the other one is AI, and the AI isn't like very good at all. So that's frustrating, cause especially when you're trying to you know take out a bunch of Nazis. But at the same time. I'm a sucker for Dishonored and Wolfenstein and games that are like first person go in and kick a bunch of ass. And so I just wanted a lot of that at that time. You know what I mean? Like it just fit the, the feeling I was in. So it does all the things that Wolfenstein does, you know, and it makes you feel good about taking out areas and it gives you, rewards you with like really kind of interesting, funny banter or like really over the top story. Uh, With these characters, and it gives you a home base, which I always like. You go back to the home base, talk to your characters, go back out, do missions. So it just did all the things that I wanted. And I was much more surprised with how the story went uh, and how epic it got. Like near the end, I was like, oh, this might make my top 10 because just epic scenes of battle. And you just feel like a badass. You know, like some people love that for, for Doom for that reason, you know, where you're like, I just like it because I feel so badass. And so, yeah, there's so many epic uh, story moments in this that I had to put on the list.
0: Question for you. Um, I know that this is the one, like you said, you play as twin sisters or sisters or something. Yeah. Um, Can you opt to just not have the sister if you're playing by yourself, or do you have to have the sister?
1: Have to have the sister. That's why it docked at some points. Okay, okay, and the AI was not
0: good. Okay, that's what I heard. I heard the AI was not great. And I also heard, I mean, I guess I want to know, I've heard some people saying that they did not like how it kind of became like a quasi-RPG. Like sometimes people were not strong enough for certain areas and that really put some shooter players off. Uh, did you find that to be a problem?
1: Yeah, I saw that happening. And um, it's, it's like a trend with these kind of first-person shooters that want to have RPG elements or something. And at times there was a couple bosses or even just characters are like, whoa, this is way too overleveled. Why? Why? You know? But it was few and far between. So I don't think it was like... It wasn't like uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like I was dying all the time, but there would be certain areas where I'm like, oh, I'm kind of screwed in this one area. But what's interesting about this is it's similar to Dishonored. You could go another route, you know. So a lot of times I would find people who are like way too strong, but you do not have to fight in that game. Like it's not a linear path. So lots of times I would see a whole area where like, oh, fuck, those guys are like way over leveled. So I would just go another way. Oh, because it's the Dishonored People. What's the guys called?
0: Uh, I know. I don't know what their name is, but I know
1: who you're right. talking about. So yes. they, I think, didn't they? I'm pretty sure that they worked on it. So we don't do research here, but I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, yeah.
0: This was the one. It was a co-production with them and Bethesda. Yeah, I believe so. And
1: so, yeah, they had, like, these kind of different paths. Arcane Studios. Arcane, Arcane Studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can have, go on these different paths, so... Yeah, I really enjoyed it. My experience, I was like, really, again, a lot of these on the list for me are like low expectation and then being like, going them going above and beyond my expectation.
0: That's a good place to be, though. Having low expectations and then being really surprised is a good feeling. It's better than the opposite. Yep. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, My number eight. Yes, that's where we're at. My number eight, Mortal Kombat 11. Mortal Kombat. Have you played Mortal Kombat recently, Carlos?
1: I don't like the Mortal Kombats. I hate (laughs) them so much. I hate them so much. But let me hear what you think about it.
0: (laughs) I used to hate them, um, but I think it was Mortal Kombat 9 that really turned me around when they gave the combat system its true top to bottom like overhaul and it just doesn't feel like old mortal kombat anymore i mean a little bit but not in the shitty way mortal kombat 11 i mean i don't mean this to sound dismissive but it's more of the same but when they've they've been turning out like so many awesome games lately that having more of the same just means it's like more awesome um it's the best combat system they've done so far i think it's the most flexible it feels the best it has the most content and that's content with a k by the way Uh, you can have different templates for your character. So if you like have a character that you like, but maybe they have one or two moves that you're not a fan of, you can replace those moves with other things and you can have different types of that character. So you can be like, oh, well, when I'm fighting, you know, Shao Kahn, I like to have this move. And when I'm fighting, uh, you know, Baraka, I like to have this move or something. And so you can have different templates, which I thought was really cool. Um, So that was really good in itself. And also the story mode is really, I mean, honestly, that's kind of what I keep coming to these games for because I don't, play competitively i don't go online and fight other people so i just i i hope that there's usually a good story mode and god the story mode in mortal kombat 11 it's like a feature film like it's like it's long there's twists and turns there's drama if you're a fan of the series there's tons of surprises and winks and nudges um it's a time travel story that's not a secret Uh, and they go back and forth and they use that to really revisit some past characters and see what they're up to and you know how things could have changed i love the story mode and more than anything else I really want to give MK props for their tutorial mode. Their tutorial mode, I mean, it might be the best tutorial that's ever been created for a fighting game. If you can walk into this game knowing absolutely fuck all about fighting games, and if you go through all the tutorials step by step, like you will be able to hold your own at the end of it. Like it's just, it's really thorough. It doesn't take for granted any knowledge. It really walks you through every aspect of it. You can jump around and get to the parts that you want to see. If there's only certain things you're interested in. I love the tutorial. It really helped me a lot with some of the characters that I was not really good at using. Uh, I mean, it's like the total package. It's the total package if you like fighting games. And even if you don't like Mortal Kombat, like, you don't like it. I mean, if you, you don't like it, you don't like it. But I used to fucking hate Mortal Kombat, and I think it's great now. Ever since 9 forward, just better and better and better.
1: Well, uh, does it also have a lot of that kind of unlockable stuff, I'm guessing, too, right? Yeah, it's got like a million unlockable million, things.
0: Right? I didn't spend a lot of time because it, it's mostly just, like, cosmetics, so I didn't really give a shit. Um, But there are some outfits There's, you know, different weapons and stuff like that So yeah, there's If you want to just, like, grind on your own And not have to play other people There's, like, a million things you can unlock That'll give you plenty to do
1: Was it 9 that was the first time it introduced that? Like, the kind of crypt section Where you could, like, unlock uh, art and stuff like that?
0: I don't know if it was 9, but 9 or was the ten. first time I think they did a major story mode. That was might the first be time they figured that yeah. out. Maybe it, it was 10.
1: Maybe it's 10. Because one of those I did play for a minute. And I'm not... I mean, I started with Street Fighter. I'm an old school fighting game. Samurai Showdown. I can talk about fighting sure, games.
0: Sure, So sure. anybody
1: listening, don't think that I don't like fighting games. Uh, I'll tell you why I don't like Mortal Kombat in a minute, and it'll be very quick. But I will say that I, di- I was into the unlockable stuff um, in one of the Mortal Kombats. I don't know if it was 9 or 10. And I just did grind because I liked uh, figuring out, like, how to unlock all the artwork and, you know, different stuff. So I'm a collectible guy. But, yeah, the short reason why I don't like Eleven and probably won't like any of them going forward is because, I don't know, it's the empath in me or something. But I can't deal with, like, just watching people's faces get ripped off and, like, um, hearts explode and stuff like that. And also, Ah. like, you know, guts. And so all that stuff is, like, too real for me, like... It it definitely affects me uh, more than other people, I think, and so other people could be fine with it. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're like me, like hit me up on Twitter because we're probably best friends. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because yeah, I just the first time I saw that happen and it switched because you know we grew up with fighting games, and Street Fighter Two was probably the best fighting game I think still is, uh, and it didn't have any gore in it. You know, it was just kind of like about the moves and about the art of it, the fight. And so then as soon as like I saw that first one. I think it was 10 probably. And the, you know, they were breaking the guy's face. I was like I can I can sense that. Like I can sense what that would be like for a human and I don't need that. Like I don't know I'm and this is a, I don't want to go on tangent, but I don't understand and this isn't a, also a I'm not trying to point fingers at people, but I don't understand what is in people that they a can deal with it and B like it because a lot of people are like, yeah. Did you see when I took his eyeballs out and ate them? I'm like, whoa. <laughs> do, do you hear that? Like, because that doesn't sound like a normal, like there's a such thing as normal, but that just seems crazy to me. So, do, is there just really quickly what's the thing in you that you can like see past it? Is it because you think like, oh, it's just a video game. It's interesting
0: that you brought this up, dude. I'm actually really glad you brought this up because I actually don't like that stuff either. I don't care hmm. for
1: it at all. And
0: uh, in my I don't think it was in my Mortal Kombat 11 review. I think it was either 10 or 9. One of the big points of my review was this game doesn't need the gore. Like, I, I actually don't like it with the gore in. I think it's um, gross and distracting. It takes it actually takes away from the game for me. So, like, when I play, I never do any fatalities um and i you know i don't play with other people so i'm not subjected to those fatalities and you'll see them a little bit going through the story mode you can't avoid it and it's not like i'm averse to blood i mean i like horror movies and i like you know action movies and stuff but i don't i don't get off on doing them i would be totally fine if mortal kombat left them out because i think it's a good enough game now that it doesn't need to rely on the gore and that's i mean let's be honest that's how this game survived i mean when it came out in the arcades it was terrible and the only reason it survived, because it was like shock value of seeing somebody's spine getting ripped out. Like yep. no other games are doing that at the time. That's how they survived. I get it. But we're not there anymore. And this game is so good, it doesn't need it anymore. I don't enjoy it. I don't engage in it. I, I try to minimize it as much as possible. So I think I'm actually in the same boat with you. Like I enjoy the game for how it plays. And I just like the story mode and stuff. But I don't I do not do the fatalities. I would prefer they're
1: not there. All right. We should move on because we have a lot of games. But thank <laughs> you for uh, bonding with me over that. Validation, uh, bro. Yeah, validation. validation. Number seven. Number seven, Carlos. What's your number seven? Uh, this one could be up higher on the list because at times, I, yeah. Oh man, I really like this game. Uh, Trover saves the universe.
0: Oh man, uh, we have a fan uh, at Game Critics who loves this game as well. One of the writers, Jared Johnston, he loves this game. So let's hear let's hear what you have to say about it.
1: I mean, the really short answer is, if you like Rick and Morty or Justin Roiland, you like the game. That's it. I mean, like it's just comedy. It, the, the, there's a gameplay to it, which is interesting, where you. Okay, so it's in VR, uh, or it's not. But if it's in VR, it makes a lot more sense because you basically control a character who's in a chair who is controlling another character. And that's Shrover, who's a little character, like a, he looks like a Muppet. And he's running around with his little lightsaber and he's hitting monsters, right? So that's the whole game. In VR, that makes perfect sense because you're just kind of watching over this character you're controlling, which a lot of games do that. But on the TV, how I played it with no VR, You are essentially like first person in this view of this character in a chair that can move up and down throughout the world. So kind of like quickly jump up a few levels or quickly jump down a few levels to kind of get different perspective on the land that you're controlling Trover in. So you're still controlling a character in the distance, if that makes sense. Um, But the combat they did is very solid. Like it feels very good when you run, jump, dive, you know, attack. All that stuff feels very good. And so that's the mechanic that you're running around the world with, controlling this little guy to beat up monsters. But it's also basically just the reason to get through a bunch of jokes. And it is nonstop humor. Like you can just find two guards, and they're just talking to each other, and you just hide behind a bush and just listen because it's hilarious. You know, they're just like talking about their world plans for domination or cheese or something, and you're like, I could just listen to this forever. Uh, It's it's just super funny It's super funny And the ending's pretty damn rewarding Because it really does keep track Of a lot of the different characters you meet Um, And there's a lot of one-off jokes as well So, you know, characters you'll see For just a few seconds Man, this game is fun It's just simple, funny And if you like Rick and Morty It's a no-brainer
0: There you go Okay, that was your number seven Trover Saves the Universe And that's VR only, correct? No, I just,
1: yeah, it's both you can. I played it on TV only. Oh, you can play it flat. Okay, I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. And it's okay, from Squanch okay. Games, Justin Roiland's company, and he's making DLC for it. So if you buy it now, you'll probably be in time for the DLC coming up.
0: Excellent, excellent. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Moving on, mine number seven, Mutazione. Uh, have you played this one, Carlos? Have you heard of this, this one? This is
1: the second one of the list for me to go, what, 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 what?
0: <laughs> it's M-U-T-A-Z-I-O-N-E, Mutazione. Uh, this is a... 2d hand-drawn narrative experience Um, i played it on ps4 but i believe it's on everything Uh, it is the story of a girl who gets a phone call and her grandfather is dying and she needs to go to him and her grandfather lives on an island uh far away and on this particular island it's all monsters like he's the only human on this island and he's gone there to study the monsters And they're they're like sentient, you know, they can, they talk, they have feelings. They're not just like beasts. I mean, they're like monsters, but they're actually kind of people. Mm. And so you take a boat out to the island, you get together with your grandfather to kind of, you know, settle things with him, help him with what he needs help with. And as you're there, um, this game actually becomes kind of a simulator as to what it's like to live in a very small community. Um, I don't know about you, Carlos, but I have spent some time in a very small community and this game fucking nails it like it nails all the good all the bad the unavoidable things the awkward things the way that when you are in a small space with a limited number of people that you know you're going to be seeing over and over and over again how that is a much different experience than like living in a big city or or just you know like a regular city so Mutazioni i thought was a wonderful story of this girl and her grandfather it's also a great story of just the girl herself and Really, uh, the feeling of being in a small community, which is not something that you see in games at all, let alone this well-realized, really just just nailed it on so many levels. I thought this was just a wonderful, wonderful game. I really loved
1: it. It's cool, and now you're talking about it, I do remember it, and I think I was gonna start it. So yeah, now maybe I'll check it out.
0: Ah, so good, so good. Love it. and the art is just wonderful too. I love the visuals on this. Mutazione, my number seven. Carlos, number six. Dude, we play a lot of video games. We play a shitload of video games.
1: I just noticed that. I'm like, and then, yeah, and then we're going to go play more because we're just giving each other and the listeners a bunch of new ones to try out. I'm playing one right now. Oh, I've been playing two since we started. Oh, you got One me. of them is based on my leg warmers.
0: <laughs> oh, you got to let me try that one. It's leg warmers warm right
1: two. Now. Leg warmers one is better, but leg warmers two has RPG elements.
0: Now oh, you got to level up, level up the fur. Okay, dude, those leg
1: warmers. You. We could go on a tangent with that for a while. Number six is Rage 2.
0: Rage too. okay. Not going to be on
1: anybody else's list, I'm guessing.
0: I was going to say, I'm surprised to see this
1: one on your list. Tell us about it, sir. It's, oh man, it's such a good shooter. It is solid as, we can swear, right? Yeah,
0: we can totally swear. (laughs) I've been swearing all
1: day. I've been swearing actually at this podcast. No, it's solid as fuck, uh, the shooting. Because basically, I don't, I'm not the guy who can shoot headshots. I'm not great, right? I'm Okay. But this game, after you do it for a while and just the way that it, the mechanics work, I was headshotting all over the place to the point of like I would go into an area where a bunch of bad guys are and I would just like clear the whole area in like a minute. And I don't do that in any game. And also just saying that has a visceral kind of reaction that like, I want to play it right now doing that because <laughs> it, it, what they also do really well is they do this kind of great sound effect um, when you take out guys, you know, that kind of final shot or something. And it makes you want to, you know, keep doing it. I don't know. There's something in it, some sort of drug that this game has. And now what is the game? It's essentially a first person shooter in a post-apocalyptic world with a little bit of humor. Think Borderlands, think Fallout. Um, And it actually is, has quite a bit of interesting story. I think people see how expansive the land is and how kind of sparse things are because you kind of drive a vehicle interestingly third person around and a lot doesn't happen right there's a lot of stretches of nothing but when you get to the the designated areas where story is and not just like taking out camps there's some pretty good story that makes you feel like you're in a fallout game uh so mix that with interesting fallout story with very good shooting that makes you feel and it's fun it's not just like you know Again, that's a knock on Call of Duty, but it's not like super realistic. It's just ridiculous, you know, with power ups and things floating out of people, you know, like Doom. So I I tell you what, I, I, yeah, bec- clearly alone, it's on the list clearly because I've never felt as badass uh, in a shooting game ever. And you said you didn't feel as badass like, um, what was it, like in, in Mortal Kombat, you like got really good at it because of the way it did the tutorial. This thing just, it makes you feel badass. And, and it really feels good.
0: And you like the way it sounds when you take the life of enemies.
1: Yeah, I do like that part. <laughs> which makes me feel bad about myself. because. But they're kind of cartoony enemies. The whole thing's cartoony. Interesting. I'm surprised to hear you pick this one because this one was
0: really anticipated. I was actually looking forward to it myself uh, because I'm a big fan of... Okay, wait. Let me walk that back. I am a fan of Mad Max from Avalanche Games. And, yes. I, you know, I kind of do like... Um, What's the other one they do with the, the grappling hook all the time? Um, it's got the the guy, the main character is named Rico. He, like, goes... Oh, to Just Cause, country. one of my just favorite guys yeah, of yeah, all yeah. time. Yeah, Yeah, I, I, I was into Just Cause for a while. So I was like, okay, this is I love these guys. Uh, I'm going to check out what they do. But, man, this one really cooled off. A lot of people bounced off this one. So I did not really get into it. I took it off my list. But now that you're talking about Dude. it, I mean, there was something there for you. That's
1: clear. Dude, put it back in your list and also i'm glad we're doing this show just because it's getting me fired up about games when we finish this podcast i'm going to go back to that game because there is dlc and i don't think i finished all of it and it oh i'm going back to it Anyways, all right all right moving on fire it up
0: number six my number six slay the spire you played slay the spire
1: it's on my list it's definitely in my account i think i have it uh i know of it continue okay cool
0: uh i see this one make the rounds a lot of people game critics picked this one this year so i think that's pretty cool this is a roguelike deck builder uh where you you basically play the entire game by collecting cards and assembling a deck of cards and you fight against uh enemies like kind of 2d fashion it almost looks like a fighting game but you're using cards back and forth you know one will give you plus one attack one will give you plus one defense um and of course like any good deck builder it's all about finding the synergy between the cards like finding some cards that have natural combos that work well and building up your character to get through the entire game i think it's the thing that i like about this number one i think the graphics are really great and appealing number two i think that it's a really good system they spent a lot of time figuring out the cards making sure that they're interesting you can have uh, at the time that i played it i think there might be more now but uh, there was three different characters each character that you could use felt very different from each other. So even though you were building a deck of cards with everybody, with you know one person was like a melee attack kind of a person, one person used poison, one person used elements like lightning and ice and stuff like that. And they all felt very, very different. So the strategies were very different. And uh, the other thing that really put this game over the top was the, it sounds weird to say this, but the UI. The UI was so clear and so easy to understand and you could actually learn the game just by kind of playing it and like using your cursor on certain things. I played it on Switch. I think it's a great place to play it. But like, I would often forget like, oh, what does this little symbol mean? If you move your cursor over it, it just tells you, it just tells you right away. Oh, this does this. I'm like, oh, that's right. Okay, so I didn't have to remember a lot of rules, didn't have to memorize a lot of things. And if you try to make a move in the game, that's not a right move. Like your character will say, oh, you can't do this because of X, Y, Z reason. So like, hmm. it's kind of like tutorializing in a way that doesn't, It doesn't force it down your throat and it like it it gives you the exact information you need exactly when you need it so that way you're retaining that information because you have the context and it's exactly what you want to know um it was just really easy to learn and i loved how it kind of i I mean i don't want to say it held my hand because people associate that with being a negative thing but i think it did help my hand in a positive way like it it helped me where i needed to go and it taught me how to play and i think the game itself is really really solid um the only thing That prevented this game from being higher. Potentially, this could have been top three for me, but it's not. It's number six. Uh, Because it just really hit my irritation spot because there's three characters to beat it with. After you beat it with all three characters, there's one final secret boss. And to beat that final secret boss is such an uphill climb. I just... It was really, really, really tough. You have to have all your cards fall in exactly the right way and... I just i tried it so many times and i got my ass kicked so many times that it was really defeating for me so mm. even though I, I beat the game three times i wanted to beat it four but i only beat it three and i i, I gotta say like i wish it was a little bit easier on that final run um so that's just to me my personal you know that kind of got into my skin a little bit but other than that i think it's a great game and i definitely would recommend it to anybody who likes roguelikes or deck builders for sure
1: yeah and uh we were just talking about ui and a podcast at work and it's uh something that's super important And people forget it until they realize it's shit. You know what I mean? Oh, Um, absolutely. A bad UI can ruin your entire experience. Yeah. So that is cool to hear that. And I like the deck building. I like the art. I like this a lot of it. But you know where it loses me probably. I don't know. Roguelike. Roguelike. Yeah. 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 So things that I have to keep doing over and over again in general, I'm not a big fan of. You won't see those on this list at all. Uh, But it's interesting and I might check it out.
0: Yeah, that's really the only place where the game falls down. Because as we've mentioned before, a good roguelike to me these days gives you a little bit of permanence, a little bit of progression to kind of make you just get one step further every time you play that you feel like you're making some progress, even if you don't win. And that's one place where I think this game falls down. I would have liked a little bit more of progress or a little bit more progression so that you would feel like it's not just a total roll of the dice every time you play and that's kind of what it felt like at the end and that's what made it drop to number six but it's number six i mean number six out of the games of the year yeah. it's still an awesome game right still, still a really good. good game so all right carlos number five
1: number five and this is gonna be a surprise to you maybe i think i
0: mean your entire list is surprised to me so far.
1: oh right but i mean because we both played this game oh okay number five is death stranding
0: Death Stranding at number five. Okay, we makes both the it. list.
1: Makes the list, but not higher up because of obvious reason, which maybe isn't obvious, but I'll tell you.
0: Okay, I'm listening.
1: Uh, it's on the list solely because the same thing we both talked about when we reviewed it. Go back and listen to episode. I'm not sure. Uh, what <laughs> episode. <laughs> and, I'm not sure. It was such a good episode. It was. It was when we talked about Death Stranding. Well, we talked about Death Stranding on two episodes, probably. Um, yeah, I thought the mechanics and the way they did social stuff. Uh, online stuff where you basically asynchronous like uh, helped other people that was genius it was like levels of genius you said actual that before genius. actual agreed. genius yeah agreed. Um, incredible blew me away was like always surprised uh, uh, new mechanics um, even though the simpleness of walking around and kind of delivering package it, it was actually very meditative and again a lot of times these games will go on your list because of the time that you played them, right? You needed a game like this. Like, exactly, I was exactly so. Life was chaos, and I was like, well, if I could just deliver this one package, that'll make me feel better, you know? And that's, again, where uh, the bonus points come in. But that is
0: a, that's a, let's stay on that for a
1: second, dude. Yeah. I think
0: that you bring up such a good point. I mean, you actually bring up two points. Number one, you need the game that you need at the time you need it, because I know mm. that you have played games that you're not in the mood for. I often will play a game of, ah, it's not in the mood for this. I mean, that's really key in so many experiences, but also the fact of like being able to achieve something, maybe it's not in real life, maybe it's a video game, but like you said, delivered one package, you felt like you did something, like Mm. you felt like in some small way. I mean, life is so big and so scary these days to find any moment where you can just zen out for a minute and just feel like you did something positive is super worthwhile.
1: Right, and side note, that's why I'm playing Nino Kuni 2 right now, which um, we can talk about in a future podcast is brilliant. And it is that kind of thing like, okay, I just want to level up, you know, get to this new area and feel like I'm, you know, a little more badass and it's relaxing. So, yeah, uh, Death Stranding, very good, very weird, not higher on the list because of the story and because I basically didn't believe any of the characters or really care about pretty much anyone. I don't I don't think yeah, I cared about anybody fair. in that game. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and so that takes a huge chunk out of it. But at the same time, so much of it was positive and weird and innovative and again the game i needed that, at that point at that point so yeah number five is death stranding for me
0: number five death stranding okay my number five blasphemous on the switch um this was a 2d i mean kind of like a souls like but not really almost a little bit like a metroidvania also but not really uh what this is the one coming from i believe spanish developers and it was just like filthy with Catholic imagery and guilt and blood and sin and all sorts of stuff. It was a really dark, really cynical game in in a lot of ways. But at the same time, I mean, cynical in the best possible way. Like their view of religion, they got a lot to say about it, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but the sprite work was amazing. I think the the character design was amazing. I think it was a really well balanced game in most ways. I think they kind of fucked up with the instant death pits. I wasn't a big fan of those. But other than that, like the boss battles were great. Um, And it just like, it had this presence and it had this energy. Like it didn't feel like anything else I played where these guys were really digging into their own um, religious iconography and the the particular things about Spanish Catholicism that were kind of new to me. So it was kind of like, I was learning as I went. I I Googled a few things. Like I'd come across something in the game, and be like, oh, what is this about? This has got to have a backstory. And then you would Google it and it would actually be like a real thing that came from their religion. Um, So just really fascinating and it was just really stark and bleak and it just, man, it just really brought like this kind of, um, just the tone, like it was really into the tone of the themes. I thought it was really well done and I haven't played anything quite like it in a while. So I thought Blasphemous was just wonderful. Did you end up beating it? I did. I beat it all the way and I did some of the bonus stuff too. Didn't do all the bonus stuff because some of it's pretty bananas, but I did complete it and I did most of like all the side quests. They're kind of like hidden Dark Souls type side quest where you sometimes can figure out that it's even a side quest. Sometimes not. But I did all those. Um, I had a great time with it. I really liked it a lot. I bought the art book and I bought the physical. Whoa! Yeah, all right. So I, I liked it a lot.
1: When you uh, mentioned it on the podcast, I remember just the last thing I was uh, left with is you said some sort of like a priest had like a bunch of knives in him or something. Oh,
0: yeah, dude. Yeah. Not, everybody's got knives in him in this game. Everybody's bleeding all the time. Everybody's
1: always bleeding. Yeah, I think I'll skip it, but I uh, appreciate that you like it. I'll Ah, say that. So good.
0: good. All right, Blasphemous. I loved it. That was my number five. Carlos, what is your number four?
1: Okay, these are the big ones. We're getting there. Uh, Well, I guess top three is, but uh, Far Cry New Dawn.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Far Cry New Dawn. All right.
1: This This could almost be up or higher on the list. Uh, Again, I'm a sucker for first-person story games. Um, I say again because I'm I'm not sure if I actually said it the first time, but I'm saying it now. I like uh, first-person Uh, shooting but shooting doesn't have to be the main thing but yeah first person shooter with a good interesting weird story and Far Cry always does something interesting and I always have liked what um, weird shit they put on the screen this one is very very cool with its ending and I can't spoil it but man what a very awesome interesting ending and felt you know just weird to 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 have that experience after I don't know how many hours, probably a million hours of going through the game. But why did I pick it? it it's based in Montana. It's based in kind of in quotes real life, um, you know, some place we know and some place that could exist and does exist. And you're taking out a cult and a bunch of cults, uh, people and, and camps and stuff like that. And it kind of doesn't do one thing amazing. It just does a great world that you want to uh, liberate. You know, something similar to Just Cause, where I'm also a sucker for those games where you just take out camps and you want to go for the greater cause, which is get rid of these kind of crazy people. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, now that I'm talking about it, I don't have a one thing that I love about it. It's just the whole experience felt like a good, long, long story of taking on a cult and then the ending left such an impression that I just loved it. I just loved my experience in, in that world. Let
0: me ask you, sir. This one was supposed to be a sequel or at least a following game after Far Cry 5. Was it 5? Was that it? Is that correct?
1: Uh, 4 or 5. 5. Yes. Okay. So did yeah. you,
0: now I, haven't, I have not played 5. Do you need to play 5 to play New Dawn or can you just jump into New Dawn?
1: You can jump in, but they're, they're, again, they're, they're really good with endings now. I think they're like nailing the ending because I like um, that's a tangent. But I do like when games don't necessarily have to end. They can kind of leave a little kind of cliffhanger thing. And they've done that quite a bit. And they've also experimented with beginnings. If you remember Far Cry 4, I think, was the one if you just sat at the table in the beginning of the game, you could just end the game you know about that?
0: I, I, uh, I have not really followed the Far Cry series. I do not think I know. Okay, that, well, basically, sounds interesting, though.
1: there's a game where, you know, I think it's four, where you start and this guy, the, the main boss, bad guy, he's like, hey, can you just sit here? I'm going to go get, get us some more food. And you're supposed to, like, leave so you can go, like, take out people, you know? But if you just stay there and he comes back, he's like, oh, good. I'm glad you're here. Let's eat. And so you guys come to an understanding over a meal and then the game's over.
0: Oh, fuck, are you kidding? That's yeah, that yeah, yeah, it's fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> so I, I went back and did that ending just because I wanted to see what it was like. Um, but yeah, they always do, they mess with stuff like that. Like, and they I think they're getting better at it. So the ending of 5 is like really cool. Like, and then this, it leads into this game. But you don't need to have, have played it. It's just really a cool um, side note. Okay, cool. So cool. I just like the worlds they build. I think I like, they're, they're a little janky, kind of like Fallout games and stuff like that sometimes. It's... The, yeah, but it's just a—it's a world that I want to exist in, and I usually feel like good about the cause that you're doing or something, you know. And this is
0: the one that's like—it's all like um, neon and pink and stuff, right? Like they did something pretty crazy with the visuals. I seem to recall that the world was like really bright. It wasn't like your typical post-apocalypse, right?
1: It's just a lot of uh, spray paint, because <laughs> yeah, really, nah, it's just spray paint. <laughs> Well, it is because people. They, I remember that the uh, the trailers all showing that, like, oh, it's day glow and all this. No, it's just like a regular Montana. You know, it's like a regular um, outback area and and country and stuff. But then there's like spray paint everywhere because like they decided that that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna grow flowers and and spray paint everything. Okay. it doesn't really add anything to it, but proliferation
0: um, of tagging in Montana. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also had a, yeah, again, very good time with the ending. I wish I could. We'll have to do a spoiler cast. that's just all endings for games, <laughs> right? I think that would be good.
0: I mean, we could we could do it when both of us put together have played enough games and finished. We played games. enough games. We could games. do several. We could do several podcasts about endings.
1: No, I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm going to say one right. All now. All right, go ahead. There's a scene, and I don't know if I have a footage of it. I think I do, but you can have a a dog. Yeah, you can have a dog like companion, and there's like an ending where like one person's like saying like these important words to you before. They die. You're like, you've taken out one of these major bosses, let's say. And they're trying to talk it to you and be like, you, if you just knew this whole story, you know, and, I, and that person's an asshole, by the way. So I just had my dog like attack <laughs> in mid conversation and it took the person out and it was so cool. It went immediately to ragdoll physics, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dog was just like, just shut up. And I was like, oh, what a great moment. Ah, that sounds amazing. I love that. I love that. Okay. (laughs) I'm always down for
0: some dog action in games, so maybe I'll check it out for that purpose. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, That was your number four, Far Cry New Dawn. My number four, actually, boy, this was quite a coincidence. uh, A different kind of far. I picked Far Lone Sales. (laughs) Oh.
1: Have you played this one? No. You're surprising me.
0: Far Lone Sales is a, again, it's kind of a 2D uh, narrative experience, but also... It's not really narrative because there's not a lot of overt story. It's more about like tone and feeling. It's a really kind of solitary meditative thing. You play a small person who is at the end of like a wasteland, like the entire world has dried up like with drought. And so everything is really dry. The seas have dried up. There's desert and sand all over the place. And you are at the far end of just nowhere. You have a little ship. It's not a car. It's not quite a boat. It's kind of like in the middle and you see the ship like a side view like imagine like if you cut a ship down the middle and you can see the inside of it like an ant farm sort of a view and so you need to pilot the ship across the land it has wheels and it also has sails and it also has an engine and so you have to like manage the engine and then you know make sure it has enough fuel and if anything breaks you got to fix it sometimes there's a lot of wind so you can turn the engine off and lift your sail and the sail will carry you along you got to go up hills and through deserts sometimes your ship gets stuck you got to get your ship out But it's all about getting from one end of the land to the other. And it's just you and your ship. And it's interesting because you're just really thinking about like loneliness, being solitary, contemplating like, you know, are you going to make it? What happens if you don't make it? And you're not even really sure what's even waiting for you when you get there. But just you and your ship together, constantly fixing the ship, constantly caring for the ship, you know, giving it more fuel, slowing it down, fixing the wheels, you know, trimming the sail, whatever. Like you're just like, that's the bulk of the game is you managing the ship and it is so compelling it is so fascinating i mean most of my favorite moments from that game are just just nothing going on but you're just kind of in your ship and things are going well nothing's on fire nothing's breaking and you're just enjoying it and sometimes you can get to the bottom of like this empty ocean and the wind is blowing you turn off the engine so it's quiet and you lift the sail and the sail fills with air and you can just stand on the bow of your ship and you're just like rolling across this like endless dune it's fucking awesome so it's like meditative really meditative in a lot of ways but there's also puzzles there's puzzles because sometimes something will happen to your ship or you got to get get through something i don't want to spoil anything but there there are puzzles there's light puzzles environmental puzzles um there's a really really good story but it's very environmental like it's there i know some people played this game and, and missed the story completely but if you pay attention you will find what the story is and i thought the story was great i thought it was very well done and the ending i thought was perfect i just i love this game from start to finish i saw this game in a trailer a couple years ago and i'm like that looks fucking amazing i hope it's actually really that good spoiler it is actually really that good nice that's a good spoiler i love it i
1: uh yeah and i have so many games now to play after this uh podcast because i do i do remember seeing the art for this now when you mentioned that the ship uh and it's on steam and you where'd you play it i played it on
0: ps4 but i believe it's on everything right now even, even switch i'm pretty sure
1: Okay, I'm going to pick it up, probably pick it up on PS4. Um, oh,
0: so good, so good. And honestly, it's a short one, too. It's another one of those wonderful games that that's, that ends when it runs out of ideas. It does not overstay its welcome.
1: Yeah, that's great. All right.
0: Far, low sales is my number four. Okay, now we are in the home stretch of the top ten. We are in the this top three. It. These are the big dogs. These are the ones that we had the best time with. Uh, I don't know that they're going to be... Anybody else's top three, but I feel like these are going to be games that we loved and that people listening to this podcast might love also. Carlos, your number three of 2019.
1: Bow, 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 bow.
0: Fanfare, music, horns, drum roll.
1: Um, Yeah, I think uh, some of these are, are, are going to be on other people's lists. Definitely. I think mine. Okay. Uh, number three is definitely on people's lists. It is Control.
0: Control, number three. Okay, tell us about it, sir.
1: So, Remedy, uh, I love... The developer i love alan wake um i really do like these games that they make and i love this game i'm going to start off by saying the problem i had with it which is the ending which we mentioned on this podcast i think gets way too difficult well by the way that, oh, yeah, okay. that sounds familiar you just said it earlier in this list <laughs> um, And that's just a frustration when you go through something and you, you know, they build you up to feel badass and more badass and give you more powers, or whatever. And so I felt great the whole way through. I never felt like I was really stuck too many times. And the end, end, ending, like literally the last five to 10 minutes, they just threw all these like bosses at you. And you're like, okay, well, that, there's no reason for that. Um, so besides that, that's, I put that, get that out of the way. It's visually stunning, well acted. You can see. You know, these characters are so modeled after the actors. Uh, The video game looks like, you know, real people.
0: And I'm sure Uh, people know, but tell us real quick in a nutshell what this one is about in case people don't know. Yeah,
1: totally. Um, You play a a woman who is going to a building. Again, I like keeping this one pretty elusive too, not saying too much. But you go to a building that you're trying to figure out where your brother has gone. And it's a really interesting office building because it looks like an office building. number one reason it's almost on this list is because the aesthetic of this game is unbelievable. Super cool. Super cool. Um, It's, it's like modern building, but also like traditional. So you could definitely see like a bunch of offices that look like an office that you might work at. And then like really weird, like futuristic brick and weird levels. And all of a sudden it gets twisted and you're like, wait, am I in another world? And they do that all within one building. And so she's going there to figure something out Uh, also maybe find her brother, and yeah, like a lot of video games, gain powers and kind of change and morph as she goes through it. So that's all I'll say about the story, but the action is is really good. Um, They have, like, kind of telekinetic powers. They have different abilities with guns that aren't really gun-like, which is very interesting, and so there's so many new things that they throw at you in this game, and on top of that, it's really about this beautiful environment that just... I mean, some of the screenshots are what have been on my wallpaper forever. Because, oh, same, dude, same. Yeah, they're just unbelievable. And you're like, how did they even think of that? Like, architecture-wise, just like... Um, and a lot of times the building itself, because it has, like, many, 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 many levels. It's not a normal building. It's kind of like a very weird, magical building. It, um, it, it actually morphs in front of you. So you watch how they actually planned some of these walls to be, like, changing. And they change and they turn into something else. That's all I'll say about it, but I will say one more thing. Um, it has probably the best uh, action scene with music Sure, the ashtray maze. that I've ever seen in my life. Like I, I'm like, what is happening right now? And metal started playing. Heavy metal music.
0: <laughs> it's pretty badass. That it's is a bad pretty amazing sequence. Yes.
1: Ass. and I, and um, I did die once in it because it's a little tricky because sometimes you don't know where you're supposed to go because it's so maze-like. Um, and anybody who's played it will know what we're talking about. And if you haven't you want to play this game almost just for that scene. And then, yeah, I'll take that ending weird that it was too difficult because the whole experience itself was just something that I was looking forward to, and it didn't disappoint, really. I just, like, had a great time.
0: Good pick. Good pick. I enjoyed Control quite a bit, but that is your number three. I I agree with everything you said. Good pick. Uh, My number three... Now, this is a weird one for me because I... Every time I look at my list, I'm like, why is this game number three? But then I go back and play that game, and I'm like, ah, yes, I remember why this is number three. Mm. In fact, I just played it last night. I was about to delete it from my Switch, and I'm like, I should just stop playing this. And then I went back and started playing it, and I ended up playing it for like an hour. And like every time I play this game, I find something fucking new about it, and it just is so rich and nuanced, and it doesn't seem like it would be at all. My number three... Is Door Kickers Action Squad on Switch?
1: Oh, yes, I remember you talking about this.
0: So, this is a 2D game where you play a SWAT team going into random buildings and killing bad guys. That's all it is! It's so simple. It seems like, why am I even talking about this? But number one, they nailed the graphics. Graphics are beautiful. Number two, nailed the animation. Animation's great. Number three, controls are fucking dead on perfect, which is wonderful. But the thing that really sells this game is that it's really, really nuanced. It, do, it didn't have to be. You don't think it would be. But you have, I think, six, six or five different characters to pick from. And at first, it seems like there's not really that much difference between them. But as you play, you're like, oh, Jesus, these guys are all really different. And the moment-to-moment gameplay that you have to do with each character... I mean the guy that uses the shotgun plays wildly differently from the guy who has the m16 that plays wildly differently from the guy who has the hunting rifle that plays wildly differently from the guy who has the shield i mean like every you're doing the same levels and you think it's going to be the same but like i was just playing it last night and i started doing the shield guy and i'm like god damn like this guy plays so much differently from the other people my strategy totally had to change the way that i was my pace totally changed
1: is the shield Um, guy melee by the way um, he, no. can,
0: he can be, but he also has a pistol too. So okay. he's got less firepower, but his shield can have little options on it. And he, I mean, obviously we're more defensive because he's got a shield, but like it just changed so much. Like it just was really fascinating to me. And there's also tons of enemy types where they all do something slightly differently. So it always keeps you on your toes. Uh, and plus the levels are really bite-sized. You can finish a level in like five minutes. And so I like the able, ability to jump into a game, get a really rich, high quality, nuanced action experience in like five minutes and plus uh, you know you can just finish it and that's fine but you can go back and get some stars if you play perfectly and i've gotten like all stars for like all levels so far because i've really just put in the time because i just i find it to be so rewarding and i just really really like how this game plays it's just so well designed from top to bottom and it's really deceptive because the title is kind of stupid like you know door kicker's action squad sounds really generic doesn't really tell you anything about it looking at the screenshots it looks like a random pixel-based indie game look nothing that would really catch your attention but God damn it! They fucking nailed this thing so hard. It is so good, and I just can't stop playing it. And I literally find something new to love about it every single time I play. Like I, I love this game so much. I want people listening to the show. If you listen to this show, please try this game. I guarantee you that you will like it.
1: Yeah, I. You told me about it, and I definitely have it on my list to play, and I will, especially after hearing it. So high on the list. Um, my question to you is: um, Is there a story that you beat, and that's the ending of a story? No, nah,
0: there's no story at all. No, okay. story. it's just no story straight up action. That's all it is. Okay.
1: Which makes it addictive, right? That's the addictive probably part of it where you go, well, oh, I just want to do one more level again because you want to. Exactly. Wanna, yeah.
0: One more level. Like, you know, you, 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 you save everybody except for one hostage. You're like, God damn it. I got to go back and save the last person. Or like, you know, you want to do like a little bit better or you want to, you know, change your tactics or something. There's always something to do. And it's just, I mean, just like I said, going through with a different character makes it a whole new game. It's fucking amazing.
1: What's the playability too, right? Like, so remember when I mentioned Warp Through, that kind of super indie game? Yeah, yeah. Um, I go back and play that just because, like, I like the uh, slowdown effect. I like uh, running through portals, getting portals and stuff. It's just that loop that feels good. So, yeah, yeah, it seems like the loop for this game is awesome. Oh,
0: it's so good. So good, so tight. Do not be put off. Don't think this is random and generic. I can understand why anybody would pass this up in the eShop, but... Play it on the Switch. I think the Switch is the perfect place to play it. And this game kicks ass. It's so
1: good. I will say this. Next year um, for our game of the year, uh, I will definitely have more Switch games on my list. And I apologize for listeners that I don't have one right now. Um, I did have one. But for some reason, it got left on a plane and someone took it, which, Uh. which we could still brood over. And maybe we do. And maybe it's, I'm speaking about myself in the Wii now. It's okay to be a little <laughs> bitter. It's fine. The royal, the royal, the royal is Wii better. is still yes. brooding. No, but I'll tell you this: I'm getting a Switch Lite because uh, for Christmas I got a gift card for Best Buy. So there picking up go. a Switch Lite because I do travel a lot, and so next year I'm just saying a bunch of these Switch games you mentioned. I'm sure I'll I'll be mentioning some next year.
0: Yeah, like I mean, I didn't real I didn't do it on purpose, but like half my list is fucking Switch games.
1: It's so. Switch games. Yeah, you're yeah. Switch heavy. Yeah. All right. Well, Number no, two, number, number two, dose, number two. Dose, uh, for me, oh, man, this should be number one. This is tough. Do you want it to, You you got time? You can switch it. Fart. I don't. Ah, uh, I'll keep. I'll keep it.
0: <laughs> Fuck. Keep it? No, switch it. Come on, you're having angst. What are you oh, gonna do you do? Oh, Nintendo, switch it.
1: Oh. Oh. No. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna keep it two. Okay. And I'm gonna say it could it could also be one. You okay. I mean, it, that's at this fair. Point, that's fair. Sure. It's Greedfall. Oh,
0: Greedfall, motherfucker! I gotta play Greedfall. I want to play. Motherfucker, you! have I to. gotta play it. I bought it. I have it. I mean, look
1: how high it is on my list.
0: I gotta, I gotta play it. Dude, I played the first half hour and I thought it was great, but I did not have time to play it at that time, and then I forgot about it.
1: So this is we talked. <laughs> we talked about earlier, like uh, what was it B level games or whatever? Double A. The double A
0: tier, the B tier, yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh, I live in that space. I love that space. I I love games that. Um, you know, have enough meat on their bones to be an awesome video game, too. But maybe people aren't looking at, and, I mean, this is an RPG, straight-up, you know, RPG that has different types of uh, ways that they put the game together. Like a lot of traditional JRPGs or Western RPGs, you'll get the same of the same, and you know what the game's like before you even go into it. You know, I know how to level up. I know magic, all that stuff. This is, um, you know, set more closely set in reality, um, I say that, but there's monsters. <laughs> but I mean, like, it, it, there's some sort of grounding to it, right? Um, again, this and Elix, games like this. Uh, if you played Elix, it's it, there's a similar vibe. Elex which is, is the
0: shit. It's
1: the shit. It's a kind of a grounded vibe. Uh, you play in these colonial times, fictitious colonial times, and you know, you start off as a character. You, maybe you don't like. Like, I didn't like like where the character was coming from and and the, the upbringing, etc. But then you pick your own path. You really do pick your own path. And you side with different factions. And there's so many different factions. Um, These guys do factions very well in games. Um, I'll talk about them in a future podcast. But, yeah, I think they do a very good job of making you feel invested in the world quite quickly. And you can play a whole RPG and not even start the game, as you did, I think.
0: Yeah, I I I yeah, I spent all my time in the tutorial area and I was like, Man, there's so much stuff to do here. I'm not ready to leave yet. So,
1: that yeah, the area is like, actually pretty important. The area I'm speaking about is like the first city you started. In. And in that totally. city, it's like yeah, the beginning of the game. Yeah, it's epic and, and I love the art style by the way. Another reason why it's on the list. I love the kind of, you know, seventeenth century version of what they thought, you know, um, this world would look like. So it borrows from reality but again makes it their own. So I'm a big architect fan of architecture and and control. You know, hit that nerve for me as well. So the world's beautiful. You you know have this huge epic uh, story that takes place before you even start the game, which is you getting on a ship and going over to another island and trying to figure out what's going on over there with magic and monsters and and whatnot. But yeah, I loved it because the combat felt great. I always wanted to you know um, find out what the story was going to present me, what kind of choices it would give me, what my choices would mean because they really do make a difference. Um, Some factions, you know, straight up just did not like me and that made big differences. So yeah, one of my favorite types of video games is this game, which is a third person action RPG with massive choices and really making you feel like what you do in the game matters. And so that's why it's number two, any game that comes out like that, that fits those little check boxes will be high on any new future list. Um, and I will say also that, you know, it did talk to the native in me. Cause like native American feel is going on here. When you, you see these tribes that are on this, um, this Island, you know, they're different and you have to side with them or not side with them. I of course. Uh, being Native American, I sided with them immediately. And that bond that I felt with them against like the, in quotes, invaders was special, right? Like, I don't know where I could get that experience.
0: It's not something that pops up very often.
1: No. And so for me to feel like, oh, I'm really doing this thing that feels like I'm siding with, you know, my ancestors in a way. I, I know that's mates might might be over the top, but it's it's how I felt. And I really liked the ending i can't say enough good things about it i just i want more games like this all the time always
0: ah oh, fuck dude you know what i really need right now is like a time machine so i can go back and play all these games because i loved the first you know whatever time i spent in greedfall like i said i played it a little bit i thought it was great uh i really want to go back and play it i'm trying to think of how long how long it take you to finish it do you know roughly
1: i got nuts because you know a game that i love i'll go and do a million side missions sure, sure. so um yeah, it's in that 40 hour 50 hour range probably. I think Okay, I, that's not that's not. I thought you were going to say like 100 hours or something like oh, that. Oh, I probably spent 80, 70 or something like that. I spent quite a bit, yeah. But you can I think you can go mainline yeah, 40 or something like that. By the way, a fun fact is I think I mentioned on the last podcast we talked about it, but at the end that uh, all the different factions can like you or not like you. All of them didn't like me except the native culture. <laughs> but that was a valid ending, right? It was a valid ending, and I, I guess one of them was indifferent. Uh, but the re- okay. rest of them did not like me because I was like, "No, I'm going to side with these guys."
0: Well, I appreciate a game that gives you choice like that, and I think this 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 one caught my attention right away. I liked what I saw. I really got to get back to it. I wanna I wanna play this for sure. I got oh, fuck, dude. I need so I need time. I need more time to play games because I there's no way to get through all these games, but. I'm glad you picked Greedfall. I've heard a lot. Everybody that I talked to who played it really liked it a lot, and I really got to get to it. It's kind of got that, um, would you say it's kind of got like a vaguely, like a Mass Effect sort of a Dragon Age vibe because you get a party and oh, the, the stuff yeah. that you do, kind of I like should, that. I should have brought yeah. that up.
1: That's the biggest selling point. People are like, hey, do you want a new Dragon Age game? Well, play Greedfall. There you go
0: that's yeah that's what i heard i heard a lot of people say it was like a better version of dragon age because not everybody loved the
1: last one that i would not agree with because i loved the last one uh and those people are wrong no i'm just kidding
0: (laughs) we can we better pause because i have feelings on that one but oh dragon age
1: podcast coming up next oh man okay all right
0: okay so that was number two greenfall i think that's a really good pick i'm glad you picked that one i'm glad i needed the reminder and i think a lot of people out there need a reminder as well greenfall is a thing that we should interact with okay cool uh, my number two, it's already come up once in the podcast, Death Stranding, number two. Bam,
1: bam.
0: I gotta say, it was really close to being number one for me, just on the just on the strength of its mechanics. Now, you did a really good job of explaining the mechanics, uh, the online integration, how it works. I mean, that moment when I realized that the actual landscape of Death Stranding was changing based on my behavior and the behavior of other people online, that was pretty mind-blowing like i wasn't even sure that i was even seeing it like I'm, I'm, i was like am i imagining this is this right. true is and this so happening? many times
1: people like say that about a game you know yeah. what i mean they're like they're trying to make it a selling point or whatever yeah. and this one actually did it
0: it really did and i went I went back to i mean i talked to other people online at the time and like nobody was sure if that's what was happening we, we kind of thought it was you look at the reviews and a lot of the reviews because they played the game pre-release didn't have the online integration or not as much and so I don't think any of the reviews even mentioned that, which I think to me is like the one of the biggest, coolest things about the entire game. So like a lot of these early reviews didn't even see the best part of the game, which is fucking mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. But that online integration, the landscape changing, the, the de-emphasis of combat to where a lot of times you can get through many missions in a row where you're not fighting, punching, or shooting anything uh, was amazing. And just like you said, that feeling of doing something positive, going from point A to point B, bringing a box, delivering the box, and just being able to say that I did something was great. I mean, a lot of my favorite moments in this game were, you know, like I'd crest a hill and I could see my target in the distance and there was nothing between me and and that target except for like a field of flowers or like a, you know, a rocky shore or something. And you're just like walking and you can hear the crunch of your boots and the the wind blowing and the sun. And you're just like walking and carrying that thing. Like that's a pretty... It's, it's a pretty cool feeling. Like video games are all about shooting and doing. And this is a game where you're, I mean, you're still doing something, but it's so passive in a way. And yet you're still actually, you know, responsible for like where you put your feed and how you get there. I mean, really great emphasis on so many things. A really great new viewpoint about how to approach a game like this. I thought it was wonderful. And that online stuff, um, really true genius, true genius. Um, the reason this game did not end up being my number one was also because of the thing you observed the story is flaming horse shit (laughs) the story is terrible the characters are flat and lifeless i didn't care about anybody in this game even the baby dude like even the baby that's strapped to your chest you would think that would be so easy to like get the feels for and bond with and i you know it was fine but i really didn't have very many strong feels for the baby even if you can't feel something about a baby you're doing
1: something really wrong in your game, and when... Dude, it, oh my god, dude, dude! It, it's not Baby Yoda. Let's just say that. I
0: mean, totally. I mean, dude, can you think, man? What if they had DLC where it was Baby Yoda? Wouldn't that all be right, amazing? All right, I'm listening. I'd, I'd be back in, dude. But, but I mean, honestly though, there were so many good ideas in Death Stranding. There was probably at least six different ideas that you could build an entire game around. They didn't pick any of them. They shoved all of them in there. None of them are developed. None of them really any go anywhere. And when you get to the final end of the game, it's just like a bunch of fucking metaphysical diarrhea pouring out of someone's mouth that doesn't make any oh, sense. Oh,
1: that's it's, terrible. It's
0: <laughs> ter- it is terrible. It's terrible to sit through that and it's just like it I it was like it, I was stunned at how badly written it was. It wouldn't pass script writing 101. It didn't make any sense. It was fucking stupid. I just like I just was like man, anybody that thinks Hideo Kojima is a good writer Y'all better just check yourself, because you are living in a fantasy world. Okay, the and, dude is a genius.
1: And switching it to the positive again, because it's number two. I will agree with you on the storytelling too. Not storytelling, the stories that you can tell, mm-hmm. right, right, right. So like, um, absolutely, absolutely. So many games that I, that I love are these worlds you that, that developers build that you can make your own stories in, uh, aka Skyrim's with the world, etc. And yeah, when you were talking about your story, I remembered a flashback of being on a mountain and, you know, that terrible, evil oil covering me and almost taking me out. But me surviving somehow, going back and finding my bike, you know, cleaning it off, put my packages back on, driving back down the hill, hitting all these rocks, almost tumbling over and then making to the other side when the sun was like setting or some shit, you know, and like, yeah, yeah holy crap, sure. that moment was incredible, and that game provided that moment, you know?
0: Yeah, there's tons of moments like that. I mean, the first time you set up a really cool zipline is amazing. I mean, you can have, like, a lot of funny fails, like when you fall when you don't mean to, or, you know, like sometimes you you save yourself, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I made that, or, like, you cross the hill, and you're struggling, and then all of a sudden, somebody left a fucking car there for you, and you're like, oh, my God, there's a car here. That's amazing. I needed a car so bad, and there's a car right here. Like, there's so many, yeah, like those little emergent moments. This game is full of emergent moments, and those are really the best part of the game so dude dude,
1: dude, that one time i ran and did you know these quests are super long right and it takes you forever and you're like holy shit i made it down the hill blah blah blah. i made it to my destination and i was like i don't know 50 feet away from it you know just like and i decided to start booking it for no Uh reason just Uh running Uh and i fell on my face and i ruined the pizza and the oh, whole you the pizza. fucking mission was done. <laughs> yeah, you do deliver pizzas in this game. It was a pizza or a burger or some shit that got smashed and I was like, Oh, it's definitely Wait, pizza. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> do you mean that I did all that for nothing? And <laughs> uh, I went I went to the corner and I cried for about an hour and then I didn't pick up the game for a while. But yeah, that's, I that's had hard, that experience, you know. That's a hard loss, yeah.
0: The emergent stuff is great mechanics are great and I just wanted to be very clear about why it was it was so close to being my number one yeah I know Uh, that makes sense yeah I just I just couldn't the story was just so bad so that was my number two still loved it I still love I feel a lot of it's real genius emergent moments are great number two Death Stranding now Carlos number (sighs) one best game of the year that was almost number two as we just heard you go through your angst a minute ago yeah almost number two but it is number one Carlos what is your number one of 2019
1: I think I picked it right because there are, I love Greedfall to death, but there's definitely a couple like mechanic hiccups and stuff, um, and this number one game has I think no hiccups. I think it's like a, I think it's perfect experience. Um, but before I leave that, I just remember Greedfall 2 also has my favorite combat role for melee. remember the role. The melee role. It is, it is literally the best role I've ever experienced in a, in a game. Uh, play it for that reason. Okay, number Shout one. Shout out to the role. Shout, Shout out to the, to the role. Combat role. Number one. Bam, 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 outer worlds.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. I did not see this coming. Okay. I'm surprised.
1: So, I'm a big fan of Fallout. I love story. I love choices. Obviously, a Fallout New Vegas who doesn't? Um, these guys come in and make a new video game right when I need it. Again, this is timing. Lots of these are like, what could I use right now? Another Fallout New Vegas? Well, here you go. Uh, here's a Fallout New Vegas essentially in a new world, new IP. You uh, play as a character who basically gets unfrozen, similar to Fallout, and you've got to figure out how to save a bunch of people. Let's just put it that. And there's a crazy old scientist. He's kind of like Doc Brown from Back to the Future, and you interact with him. But what it really is is a huge galactic map of many, many planets and moons that you travel to in your spaceship and meet different characters and, again, meet a bunch of factions and make big decisions for everybody and the very beginning of the game you make a massive decision and again i like to go against the grain and pick decisions maybe that other people don't pick and i saved a bunch of people but by doing that i basically damned a bunch of people and i had to live with that choice so there's a lot of choice there's a lot of great characters this game is number one on my list mainly i shouldn't say mainly but it's high up there because it has one of the my favorite npcs uh you have a character that joins you pavardi and she is uh voiced by ashley birch which you might know and basically i just feel like immediately drawn to her immediately care about her well-being and her story is very interesting and different and i remember like i was supposed to be doing this main goal mission and she was like yeah but can you help me get ready for this date or something And I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I can, because I want to go get a drink with you and and hear about your story. I don't know why. I just felt so compelled to uh, know about this character. I went on many side missions that had nothing to do with the main mission. So, yeah, I think it's got fun melee, which I'm a big fan of first-person melee, and it has great leveling up, so I felt very, very badass at the end. And it doesn't do that thing where, like, you know, uh now you you have to do a whole different mechanic you know it's like no if you build up your melee uh, my my like one-handed weapon was a hundred you know out of a hundred then you're gonna be a badass and you're gonna take people's heads off like and i definitely didn't want to take as many heads off as i did but uh, this game is great for the action it's great for the story choices um i love new vegas it's pretty much more of new vegas um i could talk about it forever I just really, really like how I could make choices, and they really made a big, big difference. And I love the ending. So I liked it top to bottom. It was just a straightforward first-person RPG with lots of choices, and I got to be Melee. And that's that's I can't ask for more than that.
0: Outer Worlds, number one. I'm surprised. I knew you liked it. I didn't think you liked it that much. So that actually is a surprise to me. Although I can't say I don't know what I was expecting, but...
1: That yeah, I mean, because, like, expecting. if you if you put the two different favorite games Carlos has for video games, I think they're the top two that I just mentioned. It's first-person shooting or melee with an interesting story that you can affect the world. And there's lots of choices, right? That's yeah. huge on my list. Like, Dishonored, I, I love it. Um, and the net second type is third-person RPG. And that's what Greedfall is. So it makes sense that those are my top two. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect
0: sense. All right, congratulations to the outer worlds that is carlos's number one for 2019 uh congratulations to everybody involved my number one uh is a game that we already discussed i picked control as my number one best the oh. yeah i loved it for all the reasons that you loved it i think uh the mechanics were great i mean having telekinesis probably the best telekinesis that's ever been done in a game i think that's it's if it's not the best
1: it is it's, among the best. It's done very well. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: super smooth. It's seamless. It's easy. It works the way you want it to work. It, it, it just it doesn't get funky. Like it's it's so easy to use. Uh, your gun, which is like a magical gun, is also really easy to use. And so the developers have a really good mechanic of uh, making you use your telekinesis, and then after you use that, you often will switch to your gun, and then kind of go back and forth. Keeps the action fresh. Uh, it's very fast, very frenetic, very furious. But it feels good. Like I never felt like I was struggling. I mean I died. I mean it's not like I I never died and it definitely gets hard at certain parts. But I always felt like I could I could hang. If I went back and tried again, like I could try something different. I had enough tools at my disposal where I could really deal with almost any situation. Um it's fast, there's no cover, you're not it's not stop and pop, and so you're you're constantly like running and jumping and floating and hiding and I mean you're kind of just like running around and you're always doing something. You're never just like Stuck behind a place, waiting for a dude to pop his head up, which I thought was really great too. Very fast, very frenetic. Um, your observations about the atmosphere and the architecture are totally spot on. I think the um, the level that you're in is called the Oldest House. Number one, badass name. How cool of a name is yeah, that? Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah.
0: And like this, the, like you said, the moving walls. You never know what's around the next corner. Like it's full of question marks. It's just full of surprises. And the the overall tone of the world was right up my alley. Reminded me very much of like an X-Files or like Cabin in the Woods or Warehouse 13 or something like that, where it's like supernatural, but there's also a good dose of reality, people dealing with the supernatural and other dimensional kind of stuff. Uh, A lot of questions that pop up, a lot of weird things, and not everything gets an answer. And I think that's fine. I think that as video gamers, we tend to want to have like a wrap up for every single thing, which I don't think is always a good way to go. Sometimes the question is better than the answer. Sometimes just wondering itself is good enough. And there was a lot of that in this game. Like a lot of things that were weird just because you didn't know why they were weird. Why does this rubber duck have the ability to explode? Why does this mirror open up into a mirror dimension? Why, where does this big fucking alien come from? Like, you know, you just don't know. Sometimes you just don't know. Like you don't always get the answers when when Cthulhu shows up. He doesn't sit there and tell you his master plan. Like sometimes you gotta just roll with it. And I really like that feeling. I don't want that feeling all the time, but in a game like this where there's mystery, science fiction, um, weird kind of like interdimensional stuff, I, th- I think it was great to just kind of roll with it. And the well, thing that – go ahead, yeah. I
1: was going to say, well, they did that with Alan Wake, and, and it felt like Twin Peaks, you know? No, oh, very I, and, and much. And you're like, much. yeah, I don't know what what is real and what isn't real, and I love that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's got a really good quality where you never know what's going to happen. And all the side quests I thought were just fucking fascinating. Like it was always something different, always something weird you were always going to go do this weird thing. Like, sometimes you're fighting this giant mushroom monster. Sometimes you just got to get, like, a flamingo out of a closet. Sometimes you got to do, like, you just never knew what was going to happen. Um, visuals were great. Uh, the ashtray maze, like you observed, probably one of the best act- action sequences of any game this year. Definitely at the top. I mean, the music kicks in, the, the pace of combat, the visuals going on, just, like, really top-tier shit. And uh, and I'm I I'm glad you brought up Twin Peaks because there was a lot of it that really reminded me of Twin Peaks. The janitor is a very special guy. Um, he is really weird and there's more to him than you think and he's got all sorts of strange stuff. When you explore the janitor a little bit, that's like a whole rabbit hole to go into and I thought that was really fascinating, really liked it a lot. Very, very Lynchian stuff over there. So overall, I mean, I thought Control was great. Um, there's DLC coming, which I'm really looking forward to. I think there's already been one piece of DLC released. So I haven't gotten to it yet. It's just like
1: you just play missions over and over again. It's like not really a story thing, I think.
0: There should be some story DLC coming. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, I liked it. I do agree that the end game got a little bit too hard. It didn't have to be that hard. That was a little bit of a bummer. But I powered through after gnashing my teeth and cursing at the screen a little bit. But overall, I loved the visuals. I loved the action. I loved the themes. I loved the style. I loved everything about it. And I thought it was wonderful. This is definitely Remedy's best game by a mile. And I never would have imagined that after not really clicking with every game they've ever done, that they made one where I'm like, wow, this is bananas. They totally
1: nailed it for me. So, my
0: number one control.
1: And I remember like the whole year, like being interested and excited because they they did a really good job with like a lot of, um, you know, developer diaries things. And I was just following it for a while. So, my. Weirdly enough, my expectation was pretty high, and it didn't disappoint it too much. You know, um, I would say that the couple small things besides the ending, which was too hard, was like a lot of the things you pick up, you don't really need.
0: That's true. Yeah. So
1: it seemed like that was the only thing. That, and it's not. It didn't really annoy me because you just don't use it. But there's like so many in quotes power up type stuff, and you like can consolidate all of them and you use like three. So I don't know why there was so much pick up collectible
0: yeah that's actually true like some of your powers were way more useful than others and like those little items that you pick up there was a lot of futzing in the menu i mean this is kind of like high level grousing here but like you know like you would get a power up and it would be like gun damage like plus two percent or something those are like really boring power ups like i want to get something a power i would rather have nothing but then when i get a power up like it's like oh shit like this is like way better or something you know like a really noticeable significant power up they yeah. did not nail the power-ups in that game.
1: It's like it's mainly like you have the main mechanics pretty early on. You're like, yeah. I'm going to just use yeah. this the whole time. Um, that being said, I think I finally did go back and beat it because there's like an other part after the ending. There is. Yeah, That, yeah, yeah. that epilogue
0: is crazy. It's
1: crazy because I finally got to play it because I got so mad that I hadn't beaten it. Um, and yeah, that was very weird. And it goes on for a while.
0: It's actually a surprisingly significant epilogue. I don't want to spoil anything of it, but I wasn't ex- I didn't know it was coming. I did not expect that and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" And yeah, it was, and you, and it 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 was like, totally cool, yeah.
1: You get kind of like it's like a puzzle. So like people who are, have not beat it, go back and beat it cuz there's a really interesting puzzle at the end it's of it. It's super interesting. I want
0: to say really quickly also, I one of the biggest complaints I heard about this game um was about the ending not necessarily that it was hard but just like people felt like the story didn't wrap up or they felt unsatisfied by the end. a lot of people said they were mad by the ending i i didn't get that at all i felt like the ending was really appropriate i felt like given the themes and the story so far that was really the only thing you could expect and i'm i'm really surprised that people had such a strong negative reaction to the ending i thought it was fine i thought it was perfect i mean if you like twin peaks if you like the x-files if you like any of those games, how were you ever expecting anything else from this game? I right. don't understand that. So
1: Yeah, yeah, you should expect it. Because, like, I think even the end of Ellen Wake was, like, a question mark. Super ambiguous. Yeah, yeah super yeah. ambiguous. Yeah. And, and s- I don't
0: think this game is even that ambiguous. I think it's just, like, I mean, I don't want to ruin it here. But I think it just makes perfect sense. Because it's just a continuation of exactly what you've been doing the entire time.
1: So Yeah, and the ending to the epilogue makes sense, too, now that I'm Totally does. Yeah. Totally does. So. All right, that's a good pick for number one as well. I, I, I can see that being uh why it was number 1 mine was what was it 3 so it's not not too far off very we were very close we were very close so
0: all right all right folks those are our top picks for 2019 that is quite a list and i got to say we got through that in pretty good time but don't go anywhere just yet this show is not over before we leave lists um a couple honorable mentions i think i have some honorable mentions carlos you have some honorable mentions games that were super good but didn't quite make the cut you got a few
1: I have two. Um, okay, lay sure on me, sir. Lay I could pick on. a lot more, but I feel like for time. Um, one is uh, Wadham. Wadham, that just came out recently. Because okay. I'm playing it just now, and I can't, couldn't have made the list. But it is, what's, it's like Hideo Kojima. It's like um, certain directors. You go like, this is a, you know, a style of game. This is a story that this type of creator is making. Could you look up uh, Katamari Damacy's developer? What's this guy's name? It's Keita Takahashi. Yeah, right. So it's his vision, right? And if you play Nobi Nobi Boy or Katamari, you know the vision. You can see it. You can sense it. It's an abstract wonderfulness. It doesn't make sense, like we were saying. Uh, sometimes it doesn't have to. And it is just beautiful for its weirdness sake. And Wadam is that. With a little bit of storytelling and messaging in it, you can still see there's themes that he's trying to get across and very interesting side moments where you're like, well, I didn't see this coming, which you think it's just a playground, a kind of a fun toy box to play with these characters, what it looks like from the trailer. But there's also a little deeper meaning there. And I think the simplest meaning is, you know, bring joy into the life. Don't just think about negativity. Um, Look at things differently and explore. And what a beautiful time for this game to be here, because I think, Society in general needs this. Yeah, um, we, the world needs this. The world needs the world needs needs Wadham. That should be the box quote.
0: Um, that email them right
1: now and tell them. I that. think I might tell them that uh, after this. And yeah, so it, it definitely would make it made my top ten if I had played it earlier because it's such a, a genuinely really cool experience.
0: Yeah, it just came out like last week or something like that. so yeah. a little bit late in the year for that, but okay. But Wadham, what's your other one?
1: Uh, Division Two with a asterisk. Okay. Um, Not necessarily for the shooting, because Division 2 is essentially Division 1, but the world building they did in Division 2 kept me in that game for, I want to say, 30 hours of just, like, one player, not multiplayer, running around the world looking at this thing they built. Because it's breathtaking. I mean, it really is this unbelievably detailed world that feels good, and, and the physics, you know, feel really, like... Uh, heavy, like the character feels like a real character walking through these environments and jumping the fences and stuff. And I just was exploring that world. Like, yeah, it was kind of fun to level up, and it's like an MMO shooter, right? Like you have bullet spongy enemies, and you're leveling up your gear and finding rare loot. So it's like an MMO essentially, uh, especially when you start playing with other characters uh, or other players. And I did a little of that, and you know, I didn't get full on it, full in the story. Uh, but it's mainly about just exploring this world. So it it's a mention because it is really a, a memorable moment this year of me seeing a world that was so fully realized.
0: Excellent. Excellent. OK, cool. Those are you two, two honorable mentions. I have a couple honorable mentions here. I'll go through them really quickly. Um, one is Refunct. That is a first person parkour game. It's a very short indie game. No combat, just really chill and meditative. And it has another real positive message to it, too, which I really liked. That's that's one of those games that was exactly the right kind of game at exactly the right time, mm. and I'm glad that I played it. So refunct is really really good. Um, I played World War Z, surprisingly good. I thought that would be a trash fire, but it was really really fun in co-op. I don't know that I would play it single player, but I played it with my wife, and we had a blast. It was it recalled like Left for Dead, yeah. And the good ways and the mechanics were great, and the little story missions were great. I had a really fun time with it. Really good, solid like weekend game. Blast through it in two days and just you know, you're, you're done with it when you're done. But I thought I had a great time.
1: Yeah, I played it for one player for a little bit and I liked the, the world building a little bit too. It was cool. Yeah,
0: it's not bad at all. Um, Tangle Deep is a game that I played really early this year, like either January, February on the Switch. It got, it was almost going to be in my top 10, but I just ended up not putting enough time into it. It's a 16-bit SNES style roguelike where you have a lot of world building. You have, I think, like 12 different characters to pick from. Wonderful mechanics, wonderful graphics, uh, wonderful gameplay. I just ended up falling away from it because I got really busy. It was something that I um, was not reviewing at the time, and so I couldn't spend time on it. I had to leave it. Uh, but I plan to come back to it. There's going to be some DLC. And if you like 16-bit roguelikes, this is really, really good one. I, I feel like it's a very wonderful one. Uh, Dark Quest 2 on the Switch. Uh, very simple, straightforward dungeon crawl game. But it is very much an homage to Hero Quest. If anybody remembers Hero Quest, the uh, board game put out by Milton Bradley mm. uh, 20 years ago, and it was called something different in England. It was actually much bigger in the UK than it was in America. I'm a, I apologize, I don't know what it was called in England. But um, if you liked Hero Quest, if you're old enough to remember that, Dark Quest 2 is a direct homage. The developer says it's his love letter to Hero Quest, so it's very intentional. Uh, I loved it for that, I thought it was great. And my final honorable mention the missing j.j macfield and the island of memories coming from sweary 65 earlier this year uh it's a 2d kind of a platformer but if you know sweary's work who was famous for deadly premonition very offbeat very unusual uh dark very dark a lot of uh kind of disturbing themes but ultimately a story about like incredible positivity about um I hesitate to say more because I don't want to spoil it. I think that just playing that game is its own reward. But man, The Missing was a great game and I really think it's exactly the kind of game that we need right now. So don't be put off by the dark appearance. It's actually a very ultimately positive and uh, worthwhile story to get through. So. Mm,
1: okay. And actually, now you're saying that, I know that there's like probably five other ones on Steam I would mention, but um, maybe I'll put it in a tweet. We can
0: do that. We can do that for sure. Okay, so those were honorable mentions. It's been kind of a love fest so far, uh, but it wouldn't be so video games if we didn't have a little sour with the sweet. You know what I'm saying, Carlos? Oh, let's sour it up, baby. You know what I'm saying. Let's Let's sour sour it up. up. You know what I'm going to say, buddy. Disappointments of 2019. I know you're Mr. Positive. I know you like to keep it on the sunny side. But we gotta get a few. We gotta get a few little, you know, oh, that games. I got here, three. So. I
1: got three, and I'm gonna go with you to that dark place about. We gotta George go Fires. dark just for a
0: just for a minute. Just for a minute. All right. I okay, got three. Okay. Disappointments. Let Let's have them. Do
1: you wanna do all just three? Just all three of mine first. Yeah.
0: Go. Go. Three years, and I got I got five. So you do your oh, three. Oh, geez.
1: Yeah. He's. I like, had a lot of disappointments. Here. I've been waiting this year. It's <laughs> this is my. This is my moment. Whoa. Um. Okay. So I got three. The first one's days gone.
0: Oh, okay. Days gone. All right.
1: It almost made my list in a way because, like, at times in the beginning, it was so what? cool. It's almost
0: your top 10, but it's also your disappointment? The yeah.
1: I'll t- I, I put that. as a, I, I said... It, oh, no. I'm saying it's an almost an honorable mention, not top Oh, 10. okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, it's almost an honorable mention, and it, and it uh, fell into the category of negative because... Well, I'll say the positive is the bike is awesome. The bike is super realistic and feels good, and you really care about the bike. And uh, weirdly enough, I like that bike a lot. Like, the game... Um, is a zombie game and I really like the developer and I'm really interested in it. I was excited for it. And again, this is one of those games where it goes on for so long, that kind of um, cycle of getting ready for it because it gets pushed back, pushed back that it's almost like it's going to be hard to live up to that because it's been so long and it didn't really because a couple of the mechanics, like I said, were good, but it, overall, I didn't get into the characters. I found it too difficult at times Um, I found it kind of pointless, and I and didn't really like want to continue. And if a game does that, like you're like, well, shit, you know. Now I don't even want to pick it back up. I mean, those
0: are all pretty significant downsides.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like at times you feel like it's gonna be that game you want, like it's gonna be the zombie game I want, and I do like this bike a lot, and you know, blah blah blah, and the combat's okay, but it just got too annoying or frustrating and then i didn't want like you have to save this one character as a main part of the, the game and i just didn't care too much to save him and so those those telltale signs i'm like well this is disappointing because yeah i don't yeah. think i'm gonna finish it and i was so excited about it but it, it's not doing anything enough to keep me
0: one question for you um i heard some people say that the high point of days gone is when you get like swarmed by zombies and apparently you don't do those or you're not able to like i mean you run away from them but i guess you're not able to deal with those until pretty late in the game which people said was one of its biggest problems did you get far enough to like battle the swarm was that everything that came up or did you not make it that far
1: no i made it very far in the game and i i seen many swarms most of the time a swarm you could just run away from okay. so in the in the a lot of the trailers leading up to it, it's like oh no how are you gonna you know figure out this particular thing because all these people all these zombies are coming from all different angles um it's called running you just, and also, and also you have a bike, like there's a motorcycle. And if you haven't like, you have to have gas in it though. Sure. Uh, but if you have gas in the motorcycle, you just leave, you know, there's zombies, <laughs> you drive uh, away. How
0: do you deal with the horde of zombies? You just fucking leave. You leave, you, just get you leave the
1: situation. <laughs> um, and you can hit the zombies with your bike, which is pretty damn cool. Um, okay. it can make your bike take damage a little bit, but, um, it's worth doing. So. And by the way, I just remember the other thing I hate about this game, and now I think it's the number one thing I hate about it. You have to fill up your bike all the time with gas.
0: Uh, Oh, and like unrealistic gas usage.
1: I think it is, and also, if you run out and you're in the middle of nowhere, you have to push the bike. Talk about a not fun game. That sounds like
0: a drag, dude. Literally a drag. (laughs) Literally a drag.
1: Yeah, so that is the worst mechanic, and I think that really helped take me out of it because a lot of the fast travel is like hardly there. Um, oh, yeah, okay. but to answer your question, you can run away from them. And when I did fight them, even early on, I felt okay. I think it's just like you got to like take out a bunch, go inside a house. They can't get inside the house, you know, or maybe they can get in through this window, hit them in the window. It's just strategy. Okay. So okay. you know, I felt more afraid in State of Decay than really okay. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A pretty scary game. Yeah, okay. Could also in State of Decay, you care about your characters because you you know the permadeath kind of thing. So. Like, if they're dead, they're dead. And like this one, you're like, oh, just respawn. So you never really feel too worried about zombies. Gotcha. Yeah. It's un- okay. Yeah, uninspiring. Um, two more, real quick The Sinking City. Oh, man. That's on my disappointment list, too. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I don't like saying it. And I, I, I give every game a million chances. I'm the optimist. You, you really
0: one. do, dude. You really go the
1: extra mile, to be fair. I really do. This is garbage. I think it's full on oh, garbage. Oh, shit. I don't think I've ever heard you say that before. Because, it, because it, here's the thing. Why I say it is because it comes from a passionate place. It's such a cool setting. And, you know, what's it called? Um, Lovecraftian, right? Exactly, yeah. And there's so many things it could do right. But it's like, here's these weird uh, half-breed animal people. All right, I guess. Um, here's this weird language you don't know. All right, here's this other thing that does you don't really need to know ever. Oh, okay, I guess. Here's bad controls. Oh, okay. Um, Here's confusing objectives. Yeah. Confusing. Like, what am I supposed to do next? I I guess I'll do this. The whole thing just felt like a mess. I just felt like I didn't know what I was doing after or after a while. Uh, I didn't care. Um, I felt underpowered. And yeah, maybe it gets picks up and gets interesting, but it just felt like a, a Uninspired, confusing thing, and I. Well,
0: let me jump in with you now because I, I second everything you said. This was also on my my disappointment list. So like everything you said, yes, um, it was just terrible. Like uh, the the most disappointing thing about this for me was that it comes from Frogwares, who makes the Sherlock Holmes games. Have you played any of the Sherlock Holmes games? No, I haven't. They're fucking great. They are wonderful, and I'm like, all I was expecting was for them to do the exact same Sherlock Holmes thing and stick a Lovecraft skin on top of it, I would have been fine with that. I would have been like, yes, this is what I want. And they didn't do that. They went with like open world, which makes no sense. They've never done that kind of game before. They added combat, which has never been part of the Sherlock Holmes games before. They don't do combat. And like you said, like the the objectives were really confusing. The, uh, The combat was a mess. The story was a mess. The way that they, they just, they got away from what they did best for some reason. They've put out, like, five amazing Sherlock Holmes games in a row, which I love. They're so good. And now they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to not do anything we do well, and we're going to do something we've never done before, and we're going to do it really poorly. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what? Why did you, why did you
1: guys do this? Well, that To be fair, though, a lot of developers try that, and then you succeed. So you got to try and see.
0: I mean, I guess. Right. But it's like, dude, this was such a, like, a ball out in left field for these guys. Like, yeah. I, they're so good at what they do. I don't know why they didn't do that. But anyway, I was really, really hyped for this one. I was very excited. I've been looking forward to it for a long time. It was terrible. It is It is. a terrible... Like, riding your boat? Everywhere you got to go, you got to oh, grab a boat yeah. in the street, which is dumb. You can't find places to go. Like, they give you a marker, but they don't tell you where the actual location is, and you're searching for a long time. Oh, I was
1: lost so much. Oh, my lost. God. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. All right, anyway
0: disappointment i'm with you on that one Disappointment, 100
1: okay. my biggest disappointment is i'm gonna end this with optimism because i always do my biggest disappointment is something that i'm gonna go back to i'll tell you why i was disappointed in it and i'll tell you why i'm going back to it okay all right the biggest disappointment easily hands down for me was and i say was because it maybe it'll redeem itself outward what yeah, mm-hmm. Outward is a RPG. Oh, oh,
0: yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I that's got supposed you, to I got have
1: you. like I don't want to say souls, like, but like difficult uh, battles and also very realistic uh, mechanics. So when it's I the heard... thing
0: where you like it's the backpack, the backpack, the game, backpack, right? game. yeah, the backpack
1: game. So when I got it pitched to me, you know, I thought like I get all excited about uh, RPGs that might have a lot of like really interesting complex systems and things that are really open and you can do whatever you want and like pick up different objects and I don't know, just like the granularity of it. Right. But this game is essentially like it cares about weight and it cares about, um, you know, how, what things are in your backpack. And you, you may have to actually put your backpack down because it's too heavy because you can't fight with a backpack on. Yeah, totally.
0: You got to, you got to put your backpack. Down yeah, and fight. yeah. Which, absolutely.
1: which, and again, in the pitch is like, Oh, that's, that's how realistic this game it's is. kind of
0: cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But no, it's just annoying. And so the backpack was immediately annoying. And I was like, well, I'll never, I'll just keep it light and I won't put heavy things in my backpack and I'll leave everything on the ground. Which in RPG, as you know, you want to pick up everything. So immediately I was like, oh, I can't pick up everything. Well, now this doesn't feel fun. Secondly, biggest problem with the game, you go to any town, at least in the beginning, and it feels like a PS2 game, like or PS3 at the most, where you go into a, like a tavern and it's just the barkeep. You know, and like maybe one person at a table, and no accoutrement, like no nothing on the walls, just oh, just yeah. like a fucking yeah. PS two ass like bar, like a bar from the PS two game. Like yeah, how pretty how, simple, pretty stripped down and bare. Yeah. How is this pot? Like if they built a huge world with all these possible options, just put a fucking picture on the wall. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah, like totally. Like
1: a picture of a bear. I don't give a fuck what it is. So that really took me out of it because you got to have a little bit of believability of the world to keep going. Uh, Maybe we didn't in the PS2 days, right? We were, like, really excited that the fucking game worked at all and it was an RPG. Cool. But now it's, like, going back. So the game regressed so badly with the graphics that I couldn't see what is interesting, which is, like, you could do anything and go anywhere and take out, you know, try anything at any time and no bosses unavailable. You know, you can take whatever you want to try. So that's still appealing to me. And I hear people saying it's one of their favorite experiences when they get further on. So if I can see past the graphics, I might re- get this redeemed. But right now, as it stands, it's like definitely one of my most disappointing things.
0: I, I actually bought this and I played it for like 15 minutes, and the tutorial was like really more in depth than I was wanting at the time. So I bounced. But I bought it because. Um, God, I can't remember. I think it was either Coffee Jesus or maybe it was Patty Stardust on Twitter that recommended it. And they really liked it a lot. And they sold me on it. Uh, Both of those guys. I don't know. Do you know them? Uh, The guys that do the uh, uh, Twin Humanities podcast? Do you know those guys?
1: Oh, no. I know of them, but I I don't know them.
0: Oh, my God. Those guys are a hoot and a holler. I love them both intensely. And if they like a game, they have the magical ability to sell you on it. No matter. Even if you think it's a game that you're going to hate, they will talk to you about it. And by the time that they're done talking you will have bought that game and it'll be in your library because they will sell you on, they do it to me all the time. And I'm like, don't tell me about this game because I will not be able to resist your siren's call. And they, <laughs> they still do it to me anyway. So they sold me on this. I did plan to come back to it. Uh, but they loved it. They both, I either, either, either or both of them loved it a lot. I can't remember which one it was. Apologies guys. But, uh, so that I got to come back to it, but I got to, I got to put Greedfall ahead of that one. Cause it's, those two things are kind of in the same basket for me. Readfall be-
1: comes way before Outward.
0: Right, right, but they're kind of the same thing, like a third-person action RPG. Open yeah, world-ish. yeah.
1: One, one is number two on my list, and one is my disappointment for the year. <laughs> they're kind of the same thing.
0: I mean, in the same general like genre or whatever. I have them in my mind categorized as being similar. All right. It
1: just but, feels like it's from the past. Like, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. there's some mechanics that are wildly interesting, and I know that if I get further down, uh, it might be like, whoa, I never even new a game could do this is really interesting but like there's so much of it that you feel like you're in the past and so and greedfall feels like a, a game of its time so yeah there's
0: there's an art to doing the double a game and maybe this maybe maybe uh outward has not quite mastered that art yet
1: oh this feels like an a game just a one a one yeah. a uh, but let's let's on a future podcast both of us we're going to revisit it and we'll talk about it
0: yeah absolutely i have a copy of it laying around here i could easily come back to it so
1: yeah no okay. problem. what's your bad. disappointment trash fires
0: all right, disappointment. Trash fires first. Uh, Ancestors: The Humankind Odyssey. Um, I was supposed to play this for review, and God damn it, I just can't get through it because it's so fucking awful. It, but it's it's a premise. The premise of being a prehistoric ape-like human ancestor and taking it through evolution sold immediately. Sold. I was down. I saw the videos. So I'm like, this video looks amazing. I want to be this ape-like creature, l- making stone tools and poking things with a stick. That looks great. And when I actually played it, I'm like, oh my God, like it is the most miserable experience. Like it is, it is almost like being out in the Savannah in prehistory yourself where you're about to die at any moment and you, there's like no food and it's just awful. Like it's a wonderful premise, but I feel like the developer forgot that it's a game. Like it, it mm. needs to be a game just so confusing. The controls were shit. Uh, graphics were not great. And just like, you didn't know what to even do. Like it was so, how do I, how do I advance? What do I... What do I even do? I don't even know what to even do. Like, it was just... Oh, man. So disappointing, that one. So disappointing.
1: People mentioned that um, uh, it kind of had Death Stranding vibes and the fact that you kind of were out in the middle of nowhere and didn't know what to do. Is that fair? Oh, man. I
0: would would say that that is people bending over backwards to say something nice about a game that doesn't
1: deserve it. Okay, okay. I don't see that at all. It's monkey garbage fire.
0: Kind of monkey garbage fire. Second disappointment of the year, one that I think that you will feel me on. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, huge disappointment for me.
1: That should have been my list. Okay, I'm adding it to my list.
0: Add it to your list. Feel free to jump in if you want. I was I was ready for a decent Star Wars game. This game didn't even have to be great, but I really disliked how it chose a little bit of Uncharted, a little bit of Dark Souls, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It didn't really have its own identity. And what it did, it didn't even do well. Like it was like ice slides. Oh, all over slides. the world. Too so many, many ice slides. slides. It, it was an absurd, ridiculous comical amount of slides all over the world. The maps were really confusing. Every time you got you finished with an objective and they told you to get back to your ship, I fucking cringed cuz I could never make it back to the goddamn ship.
1: We talked about that. That was messed up, man. Oh,
0: it was fucked up. It was messed so bad. Up. So bad. They wanted to do like a Dark Souls kind of a combat and they did not do a combat. I wish they would have gone just regular arcade combat because it just it's not good and then the puzzles were like these really shitty really shitty tomb raider environmental puzzles pushing these big balls around i'm like what does this have to do none of this relates to star wars in the least dude like these giant stupid environmental tomb raider puzzles i wanted to like this game so much and to be fair i i liked the crew members on your ship i would have liked to have spent more time with them did not care for the main character but i just this game was just not fun to play really not fun to play i know that a lot of people were cutting it slack because it's star wars and everybody's on the star wars tip this year which is fine i mean i am kind of too but this is just not a good game. If this did not have the Star Wars license attached to it, nobody would be giving two shits about this game. It would, Although, it would have been instantly forgotten.
1: Yeah, BD1 was pretty rad too. He was a okay. robot. Yeah, he's yeah. Good. He's good. and so I think I agree with all those points. Too many slides, too many puzzles, weird puzzles too. Like put the ball on the on the floating air and then the, knock the thing with the door. Uh, oh okay.
0: god, it was just, so basic Tomb Raider. It was terrible.
1: So and all that is true. And getting back to your ship, true, terrible uh the, the difficulty's stupid and i switch it to story mode and like actually could play the game so anybody who's still playing it and like is thinking we're wrong and they're like having a good time cool keep finishing it but if you want to have a better time switch it to story mode because it's still difficult it's fucking still difficult in story mode and you can get all those stupid puzzles still so <laughs> just turn it to story mode yeah. and now with star wars being so huge and mandalorian and everything like it does feel fun to kind of turn it back on for me and i'll jump into the world of star wars for a minute but then i'd usually get frustrated about a puzzle and i bounce
0: yeah it's just not good collectibles were trash. like the the level design was trash. like a lot of it was just really really poorly done which is a shame because it's from respawn and respawn did a fantastic job with uh, titanfall 2 that is a great campaign that is a super interesting exciting campaign why did they not do that like i don't understand what happened here like it just got lost in committee so Jedi Fallen Order, not not a good thing. But let's just take a moment. Can we both just take a moment since you brought it up? Can we just have like a moment of coolness for the Mandalorian? That was the shit, wasn't it?
1: Mandalorian was the shit. The finale was the shit. No, th- yeah, God, yes. Taiki Watiti, whatever his name, right? Yes, um, the director of the last episode. Oh my goodness gracious! What the a great series! The Mandalorian is
0: dope, dude. They fucking nailed that thing. I thought the Mandalorian was great. So anyway, that has nothing to do with Jedi Fallen Order. It has nothing to do. Instead with Instead of playing that
1: game, watch Mandalorian.
0: Please, it's a much better use of your time. The Mandalorian is the shit. Just a moment of, moment of what's up to the Mandalorian. Uh, <laughs> had to do that. All right, back to disappointments. Uh, Sekiro. I hated Sekiro. Whoa, hate... that's like number one on people's lists. Uh, whatever, man. I mean, it's not, okay, so like, look. look Listen, I don't go? like
1: it. I'm, I'm with you. I, do, I mean, I'm not that kind of a game player. I don't like the Souls games, but tell me why let me
0: back it up because the thing that i that i okay so Sekiro was great for changing it up it wasn't more Dark Souls which was good i think they that FromSoft needs to take a break from Dark Souls they also changed their approach with storytelling which i thought was also good you could actually understand the story mostly not all of it a lot of it was still confusing bullshit but you could understand it mostly um and it was just a change of pace i thought that was good they got back to their ninja ninja roots they've done ninja games in the past so i thought that was fine um but the thing that I didn't like about Sekiro was that it was really fucking hard, and there's no builds in this game. Like in Dark Souls, if you're not a parry master, you can be a shield guy, or you can be a spear guy, you can be a bow and arrow guy, you can be a magic guy. You can do, like, there's a build for you. It doesn't matter, like, what kind of player you are, whether you have fast reflexes or not, there's a build for you in Dark Souls. You can be whatever kind of character you want to be, and you can survive. You can make a, you can make a play style for yourself. In Sekiro, it's all about fucking parrying. And if you can't parry, then fuck
1: you. Mm. And
0: I'm terrible at parrying. I, I hate parrying in almost every game. I'm not good enough to do it. My, my timing is not good. Star ninja Wars. Not Star
1: good. Wars, I'm looking at you.
0: Yeah, that too. Um, so, like, if you can't parry, and if you don't have lightning-fast ninja reflexes, this game doesn't give a shit. It does not care. And you cannot make progress. I got stuck on a couple of the bosses. Um, I never, I didn't finish it. I got to the last boss of the game, and I just was simply not good enough to beat him. I could not do it. I was not fast enough. Uh, it was too hard. It was too long. I think it's like a, I want to say it's like a four-phase boss fight, and it's just, it's just too much. Like I, bad. I was not one of those get good motherfuckers, and I would have really appreciated a difficulty setting or maybe a different kind of build or maybe some kind of item to make it better. I mean a lot of people were getting on pc and doing hacks to slow the game down to in order to finish it and i think that's not entirely unreasonable this is a game that is specifically made for the get good crowd who have the lightning reflexes and if you enjoy it that's great but there's a lot of people including myself who are from fans who could not play this game could not finish this game and it just really ah, just i just really got really burned by that i just really did not like how If you can't parry, then fuck off. Yeah. It's like, yeah, so that really burned me. Did not care for that at all. Um, Last disappointment was Trials Rising. I'm a huge Trials fan, but Ubisoft keeps fucking this game up. It's very simple. A motorbike, uh, an extreme stunt course. That's all you got to do. All you got to do. Big jumps, uh, large gaps, go up hills. It's very simple. Trials is very simple. But they fucked it up by giving you a grind for experience, which has never been a Trials game before. And the frame rate was not good because this is a game about micro twitches, going up a hill, balancing the weight on your bike, the physics are real. And if you fuck up your physics, even just like an eighth of a second too long on the on the control stick and you fucking crash, right? So in a game that has frame rate hiccups where it stops and freezes, ruins your entire run. There were so many times when I was getting close to getting like a gold medal and then the frame rate would like hiccup and then I would like lose my momentum and I would I would you know the game would kind of keep going, but it had stopped and so I wasn't sure was I balancing forward, was I balancing backwards? And then it would crash and lose my gold medal and it was like fuck off, dude. Fuck off. If a yeah. game is going to be so tight and so strict, which is fine, it always has been, which is fine, but it's never had frame rate problems before and I cannot play a game like this that has frame rate problems. It fucks the entire game up.
1: You know it's a better game. I agree with you. What's a better game uh, with a bike is Lonely Mountain Downhill.
0: That is a fun game. I got to get back to it. I played yeah. it for half an hour. I did not have time for it, but I want to get back to it. Yeah. Excellent. Lonely Mountain Dental. We didn't either of us mention it, but that is a fun game. It is a fun game. All right, folks. Those are our disappointments. We are almost at the end of the show, but we have one final segment before we close this episode out. Over the last week or so-ish, we asked all of you lovely listeners to send us your top three games of the year and one disappointment because that's how we roll. We have compiled the responses, and we're going to go through those right now. Carlos, do you want to start? Uh, I'll, with the first I'll
1: start, and we've got to do these super fast. We're going to go through them real fast. So what we'll do is we'll say the name of the person, their, their Twitter, and then we'll um, just say, like, agree, disagree, or something like that on each yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, if
0: there's something real juicy, we can, but otherwise, let's go through them real
1: quick. Okay, here we go. So Richard Lovejoy starts us off at the Harpo Marxist. Uh, top three is Sekiro, ha, and it's your disappointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, a lot of people liked it, and it made a lot of people. A lot of people sense. liked it. Yep. Uh, Dragon's Dogma. I would have picked that. One of my favorite games ever. But he's talking about a special release of it, right? I believe so. I think it came out to the
0: Switch this year. Yeah.
1: Oh, because it's an old game. One of my favorite action RPGs. So it's good great. On. It's yeah. wonderful. Star Trader's Frontiers. Never heard of it. We'll i will have to research that. Yeah. Uh, that's his top three. And for disappointment, Children of Morda, which we also disagre- uh, said we were disappointed with. Uh, the design, gameplay, VO, and characters were stellar. And then the narrative was just tropes. I still love the game, but it could have been Game of the Year instead of just excellent. So He's
0: right on. Yeah, I was yeah. really
1: disappointed by Children of Morda. All right, moving on. Next person. Moving
0: on, Badger Commander, who is uh, AJ Small at Game Critics. Uh, He's one of our writers. He says Game Critics already has a top 10 list, and it's actually posted right now. You can go see it at GameCritics.com. So he's giving us the top three games he wishes he had played more of before the end of the year. First one, Remnants from the Ashes. Uh, Two is Pathologic 2. Oh, man, I'm feeling him on both of those. Outer Wilds, not Outer Worlds, which was like the most confusing naming thing to happen this year. Outer Wilds, Outer Worlds. Both space games, both came out at the same time. But he wanted to play more Outer Wilds. So there you go. I do feel the Remnants and Pathologic. Didn't get to either one of those. Wanted to, though. Carlos, next one?
1: Oh, yep. Uh, We are on... Sorry, I had a headset issue. We are on... What is this? It's Shawnee Boy? It's Shawnee
0: Boy. I emailed him in the past. We didn't know how to pronounce
1: it. It's Shawnee Boy. Shawnee Boy. uh, At... (laughs) W-S-I-O-N-Y-N-W. <laughs> uh, top three. Sekiro. Ooh, Sekiro really come in and strong. Man, uh, Outer Wilds, which yeah. I very much like that game, uh, even though with the weird naming of Outer Worlds. Yes. And Res- Resi 2? Resident Evil 2. Oh, Resident Evil 2. I was <laughs> like, Resi's a game? Everybody
0: in the UK calls it
1: Resi. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's a phenomenal pick. Uh, or maybe it's Luigi's Mansion 3, he said. Disappointment for him was Crackdown 3. I also agree. Wow. Talk about a game taking way too long to come out and then being like just basic, I guess, is what it's what, what it really was. Um, yeah. He said nowhere worth the wait, and I agree.
0: Oh, man. I got to get to that. I bought that one because I really liked Crackdown 1. I haven't cracked it yet, but we'll see. We'll oh, you it. haven't cracked it yet? I haven't cracked it yet. Uh, that was unintentional, but I apologize. That was a bad. That was a bad I, I apologize for you, too. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next one comes from uh, Upsalo. Uf, U-P-S-E-L-O long uh, longtime listener of the show uh, what's up he says number one Outer Wilds number two Heaven's Vault which i actually surprised that we didn't hear more about that one number three Hitman 2 oh Hitman loving some Hitman says great DLC and post launch support and he has no disappointments this year so I guess it was a very good year for Upsalo
1: wow no disappointments that's like no impossible dis-
0: he, he, no, he's happy he's got what he's got he's happy with it
1: all right, we have uh, Phil Holmes next. Yep. P-H- or P-Holmes122 on Twitter. Top three is uh, Division 2. Hey. hey, there you go. There you go. I can see that. Dragon Quest Builders 2, by the way, also, uh, I didn't play it this year. I love Dragon Quest Builders. It could have Great been game. on my list. Good game. Death Stranding, also on our list. Good show. There choice. it is. And Disappointment Contra Rogue Corps didn't know it even happened. <laughs> I don't even know that existed. He said he went in expecting the worst, and he still left angry. Jeez, that's pretty hard to yeah, do. Yeah,
0: that's a pretty that's a pretty bad game. Uh, next one comes from Louis long longtime listener, good buddy on Twitter. Louis Fietro says, "I played five games from 2019 in 2019, so this is an easy list for me. <laughs> I guess if you only played five, then you can pick three. That's for sure. Number yeah. one, Cyanara Wild Hearts." Number two, Wadham There Yay! you go. That's a Waddam love. Uh, number three, Untitled Goose Game. Neither one of us picked it, but that was, I think the Goose Game was the game of 2019. Everybody was talking Goose this year.
1: I liked it. I played it. Yeah. I have Goose socks from the developer. Oh, oh that's nice. You yeah. got to
0: share those. Give me yeah. one. You can have, give me just one of them. We'll split them.
1: No, no, no. We're not doing that.
0: Uh, <laughs> disappointment of the year. Uh-oh. Wolfenstein Youngblood. Uh, I can oh. see it, though.
1: I can see it. I'm not going to okay. hate because there's problems with it. Yeah, okay. All right, fair enough. Moving on. Uh, moving on. Zolbrod, at Zolbrod, good name. Fire Emblem Three Houses, good pick. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, eh, Yeah. Uh <laughs> AI, AI, The Somnium Files, I wanted to play that, and Heard I Heard good things
0: about that one. Yeah.
1: Disappointment joins Brad in the trash fire of Sekiro.
0: Yay, another person who says it's a disappointment. I knew I liked Zolbroad. I knew there was a reason. There you go. Uh, Next one, Alex Connolly, Goodman Axe Colony. Wonderful artist. I love that guy. Uh, You should check him out on Twitter. His top three games, Afterburn, Rico, and Deadhand. Don't know any of those games. I know Rico. That's a first-person, kind of a run-based, really quickly slow-mo shooter. I don't know the other two. Disappointment is Trident's Wake says he's still chasing that Helldiver's dragon. And, brother, I feel you. Once you get hooked on Helldiver's... There's nothing else like it, and they haven't made another one since. So it's like there's nothing to nothing to soothe that heartache, bro. I feel I feel you, Alex. I feel you.
1: Uh, I'll have to check out those games, though, because I like new games that I don't know about. Uh, and, yeah, Helldivers is great. We talked about it before. We played it before. And, um, you know, I'm still chasing the, um, what's it called? Heroes of Might and Magic vibe. Yeah, there you go. There so, you go. Uh, Robert W. Scott, at Robert uh, W. Scott 8, says, kind words, which is the one i have on my list to play which is basically yeah. you writing letters to real people um really cool islanders never heard of it and demons tilt which is like um it's alien like crush, crush. Devil, oh, yeah yeah, yeah alien yeah. crush yeah exactly i had the turbo graphics we could talk about turbo graphics all the time always cuz my favorite game system all the time and alien crush was one of my favorite pinball games so good pick on there disappointment endless space 2 dlc question mark I, I mm. don't know. He didn't really have a disappointment. I think he was just had a lot of positivity in his Yeah,
0: year. that's true. He's not too upset by anything. So that's good. If you're only disappointed by a DLC, that seems to be... That's, that's a pretty, pretty good, good year. Yeah. yeah. Next one is coming from At Scrambled Still. Uh, number one, A Plague Tale. All right, more love for A Plague Tale. Concrete Genie, which I believe you liked, didn't you? I liked
1: quite a bit. Didn't make my top 10, but I did like it a lot.
0: Have we even talked about Concrete Genie? We haven't, have
1: we? We haven't. No, wait. On this podcast, we have... I've definitely said something. did about. we? I don't know that
0: we did, dude. I'm not sure that we did. I think I'm, we did. Maybe we did. Untitled Goose Game. There's some goose love. And says, my only disappointment is directed at myself because of how few games I got to play this year. Oh, that's sad. I'm, I'm a am, sad I'm, face. That's a sad face. That I'm in the same boat, Scramble. I feel you. I feel that literally every single day. Every single day.
1: Uh, next up is Mai Sinclair. Uh, no Twitter name on that one, but.
0: I think it's that cool. is her Twitter name. She's oh. great. I love okay. Mai. She's wonderful
1: uh number one is bloodstained it got me to play almost 70 hours wow it's everything i wanted to be uh what okay. is that RPG?
0: Uh, that's the one that's like the um uh, symphony of the night guy um, oh
1: yes okay yeah
0: God, i can't believe i forgot his name but that igarashi
1: yeah good yeah point. his yeah yeah cadence of hyrule um i think that did that come out before this year or this like a no port? that was this year that was this year was it like was this year? this year really i'm wow. pretty sure yeah Uh, It's just charming, fun pickup and set down game. It doesn't outstay its welcome. 100% agree. Really cool to the beat uh, game. I got to play that. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order is on her list. Maybe Uh, not popular with the podcast. uh, She knows us well. (laughs) She knows us us well. Uh, I love my Kale the Highlander animated series, Terrible Jedi. (laughs) Game was really fun. Had some faults for sure, but it pulled me through to the end. Um, And I'm with her because I definitely will. I want to see the ending, so I might through story mode. Uh, most disappointing, I'm not trying to start any fights with this. Please don't at me. <laughs> it's Sekiro. Yay! But yeah, another a, another Sekiro hater. It's Yay. getting yays for <laughs> being a disappointment. Uh, the Tenchu franchise is my top five franchise of all time. They always have uh, bad, bad-ass boss fights. No, oh, I think bad, boss, bad, fights. bad oh, boss fights. Oh, she was saying it's negative. They were awful, yeah. And this game leaned into boss fights, and oh, here's a sprinkle of some Tenchu truth i truth, get it yeah Truth. solution for me has been easy make wolf just as lethal to bosses as the bosses are to him actually make it more like bushido blade Ooh, that's a good game yeah uh, It clearly hit right for a lot of people though yes yeah, so she's not you...
0: wrong she's not wrong at all that not wrong uh thank you for that my very much uh next comes from uh night dreamer longtime game critics one of the og he's been around like almost as long as game critics has been around listener to the show Good man, good friend, Night Dreamer says my game of the year is definitely the Resident Evil 2 remake, which made me wish every PS1 game got this kind of remake treatment. Honorable mention is Link's Awakening, which while not a PS1 game is still a very good remake. Uh, the two follow different philosophies in terms of remake. One rebuilds the whole game. The other is more of a remaster of an old game with quality of life improvements, but both worked really well. My biggest disappointment is waiting an entire year for Samurai Showdown on the Switch, only for it to be quietly delayed until uh, next
1: year. Oh, bummer. bummer, bummer he bummer, mentioned bummer. Samurai and That's the game I played in the arcades in college, and I love it.
0: I've heard the most recent one is actually pretty good, but I haven't got around to it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Trash <laughs> at Trashylvania. Trashylvania. I love that guy. Top three would be Greedfall. You are new, but he's my new best friend. All right. All right. Uh, we'll talk after the show. Gears 5. Okay. Which has not made a lot of lists. No,
0: but, no. People kind of not much love for Gears this but year. But it
1: seems like it's a solid game. Uh, and again, AI, the Somnium God, Files. another
0: mention of Somnium. I got to play that.
1: We got to play it. Uh, I play missed it. out on a lot of 2019 games by focusing on my backlog instead, he says. Um, and yes, we both have backlogs and we can feel you on that.
0: Yeah. Support, uh, support.
1: Thing that sucked, our world has ended. Um Oh, a visual novel with unfunny humor and uninteresting characters that is way too long. Oof. oof. None of that sounds good. None of that sounds good.
0: Uh, Next one comes from Michael R. Baker at The Thousand Scar. He's a nice guy. I just uh, met him recently. We've been chatting on Twitter. Uh, Says his top three is Enderal Forgotten Stories. Never heard of that one. Uh, Number two, Disco Elysium, which I've heard is incredible, but I'm waiting for it to hit PS4 next year. Uh, number one, Pathologic 2, which just hit Xbox, and I really want to play it, but I don't know that I'm in the emotional space for that right now. And my disappointing choice is The Outer Worlds. Oh, Shade, Shade Throne.
1: <laughs> well, I made friends on this list, and I've made enemies. You made enemies. <laughs> excellent, excellent. All right. Uh, Eric one. Eric S. Manch, the Manch Dynasty. He's another long-time game critics guy. What's up, Eric? Um, Sekro, number one. Yeah, they knew that was coming. Monster Hunter World Iceborne, so it's a kind of a DLC. Yep, the expansion, um, sure. I did enjoy Monster Hunter World. It was pretty addictive. And Ninja Saviors, Return of the Warriors, don't know what that is.
0: It's like a side-to-side 2D, like Final Fight, Bash-em-Up style.
1: Hmm, okay. Uh, maybe a game that he needed at that specific time. That's what Very happens. Very much that so. Could be. Could be. No Disappointment, but says Iceborne is the best, explanation, or best expansion since StarCraft Brood War. But Sekiro's gameplay and verticality won out for Game of the Year.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Adderblack39 says, number one, Death Stranding. Okay, I feel you on that one. Number two, Days Gone. Uh, Uh Uh-oh. Days Gone fan. I don't know. Uh, Number three, A Plague Tale. More love for Plague Tale. See, people like the plague. People like the rats. We're rat fans this year. And the game that disappointed him was Anthem. So much potential squandered. Holy shit. That was this year? That was this year, and boy, that game. Talk about disappointment. I think Adderblack takes it. That he was
1: wins. He wins. Galaxy-class. Dis- he class. wins disappointment. Yeah.
0: Galaxy-class disappointment. So much disappointment on that one. Ouch. Crash and oh, man Oh,
1: man. But here's the thing. I will say this, positive stint. That the action is, like, the combat stuff feels fun. Like, it's flying around like Iron Man is pretty fun. That's all I know. Like, yeah. I played some of it enough to be like, oh, this is interesting. And then, like, so much of it's wrong. Yeah, you uh, need
0: more than good flight mechanics to carry that game.
1: Yeah, we got three more, and man, we're burning through this, but thanks, by the way, everybody, for uh, sending all these. There's so absolutely, many. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we should do more of uh, this type of stuff, I think, on the show. Agreed, agreed. James Carter, Carter Comma, Top 3, Order in Interchangeable, Apex Legends, a lot of people love that game. It was an overnight suspension. Uh, Beat Saber, which I wanted to play, and Sekiro again. Uh, disappointment the opening hour of devil may cry five put me off playing any more of it no excuse for intrusive text heavy tutorials like this in a 2019 game yeah i kind of agree with that i did put down devil may cry five and didn't pick it back up even though it was a pretty fantastic action game um i don't know if it was because of the tutorial but yeah interesting interesting, interesting, interesting. pick
0: okay good luck uh, good picks there thank you carter comma j uh, next one comes from game critics writer Mike Susky. Uh, I believe he's gonna be turning in a games of the decade or maybe a games of the year. He hasn't turned in one yet. So if you see that, Mike Susky, give him a nudge. Uh, but he's given us a top three right now, top three. Pathologic two. another shout out for that. I've heard it's wonderful if you can take the disappointment and the heartbreak in it. Uh, number two, death stranding, okay, number one, Disco Elysium, another mm-hmm. vote for Disco Elysium. I got it. I'm looking forward to that. like big time. Uh, most disappointing hey star wars jedi fallen order and i forget where the colon goes in the name oh so, yeah i yeah. know
1: why did they pick that positioning it's a weird fucking title. star wars I've... jedi coleman is yeah
0: where it is. he's not wrong about star wars jedi fallen order disappointing
1: fucking puzzles yep. and our last one is alex fuller uh severin maya severin mira see severin mira, severin mira? Severin mira? mira. okay Top three: AI, The Sonium Files. God damn, again. that's like
0: four or five votes for Somnium Files. Okay, I gotta bump it up. I gotta well, bump it. It's
1: up. It's bumping up on my list. Uh, and number right. two, Final Fantasy 14: Shadowbringers. That's a DLC for the MMO, right? Okay, uh, I guess so. I yeah. am not involved. 14's in that. like still going. And I, side note, loved 15. I cannot. I want more 15 so much. Oh uh, wait,
0: wait. So you played 15, but he's still on 14? Are they well, both running? No,
1: 14 is MMO. What is 15? Uh, a one, like a regular game, like in the series, like a it traditional. Yeah, yeah. Which one is 15? The fucking like an incredible game. Oh, God. I don't even. I have literally. It's the car. Oh, it's the car. They're all going they go in the car. Oh, the, the bro. The bro the Bro road trip. Oh, okay, OK.
0: OK. I was like, God, I can't even tell you what number that is. Dude, I don't even remember. The ending
1: is so good. I, oh, I, man. I seriously.
0: I fell out of Final Fantasy a long time ago, and I don't think I'm ever coming
1: back. You might not have to come back, but I, I want more of that. Anyways, Legend okay. of... He- number one, uh, Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel. A great series. Uh, a lot of people love that series. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely uh, heard of that before. Was so much when someone... Wait. Was so much that when something did suck, it was easy to move on, but... Oh, what is that?
0: Uto U- Uta- 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 Rumono... Zan
1: was a disappointment. I can't even say the name of the game, but I'm disappointed that I can't say the name of the game. (laughs) Double disappointment. (laughs) So there you go.
0: There we go. All right, that was a ton of responses, a ton of good uh, ups and downs, highs and lows. Thank you all so much for the responses. We really love um, hearing from the listeners and from the fans. It's great to interact with you folks. So thank you all very much for the comments. And thank you very much for listening. This is actually the end of the show. This has been a pretty epic episode carlos
1: epic and last show of the year
0: boom boom boom, boom 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 there we go all right well again thank you very much for listening we will be back next week with another episode i don't know that we're going to be doing the decade episode maybe we'll do that in two shows but we'll be back next week with something oh um, this,
1: i'm playing like six games right now so and okay, now got, after this yeah, list now. i'm going to go back to so many oh man i
0: need that i need that time machine to play some fucking games dude because I, I gotta be honest with you man every time i play a game half of me is enjoying the game that i'm playing if it's a good game the other half of me is like, there's 42 other games I could be playing right now. <laughs> 42. And it's hard. I mean, seriously, it's not an no exaggeration. Games. Not literally. I'm underselling it, if anything. I just, I, you gotta pick one, and no matter which one you go, there's like a billion that you're not getting to. Hey, much. fun Man. fact.
1: Fun fact, we'll cook before the end of the show because yeah, no yeah. one's listening to the ending anyhow, right? So it's. Uh, <laughs> no, they are. Um, I looked in my PS4 library the other day, and now I got a bunch of these games through codes. Maybe like, let's say 50, okay? Mm-hmm. But the rest of my bought. You guess the number. Have I told you this? You have not told me. Guess the, how many PS4 games I have on my digital library, on my PS4 right now. Uh, not, you know, not all on my PS4, just like as purchased, right? Like, like not
0: counting the, the 50 you got for codes?
1: Yeah, not counting the 50, because let me take that out right now. Uh, okay, uh, yeah. Yep. I
0: don't know. Uh, 200. 442. 442. That is a big number. I have you like got, 490.
1: I have like four hundred, almost 500 games in general. That I you'll never run out of
0: games to play yeah all right well i i i'm scared to look at my backlog i have no idea uh i will never get through all those games but uh well that's a, that's another topic for another show so all right folks thank you for joining us for the game of the year i hope you've enjoyed it uh as always we would love your questions or comments anything you'd like to send us you can reach us so video games podcast at gmail.com you can also post comments for us at game critics when the show goes up and we are on Twitter collectively, at so Video Games, But it's probably better to hit us up individually. Carlos, where do
1: you want people to find you this week? I just keep it simple. Twitter, O-N-A-W-A. Oh, no.
0: Excellent, excellent. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. And that is it for us. Thank you once again for joining us here at so Video Games. We'll see you next week and look forward to that uh, decade retrospective, whatever it ends up being. But for now, this is Bye From Brad and sayonara from carlos
1: we'll see you next year